This is Rowena Dooley asking Seoul citizens to report for duty.
And greetings, greetings everyone, and welcome back to the Soul Citizens. I am Griffin Gaming RPG, and uh, we are back today celebrating our 150th episode of Soul Citizens. Yay! Yay! <laughs> Yay! So much celebration. Look at the enthusiasm here on the stage with me. I tell you, it's, it's great. Uh, but uh, I, I want to there you go that's what we needed right i didn't pass them out doc you're right but uh we're here uh today once again and uh we're back we're happy to be here today for 150th episode of soul citizens and uh, i wish i could say it was wow thrakazog <laughs> thank you thrakazog 20 months thank you appreciate that um i wish i could say that we've actually fast i have no idea how many episodes we've done total but it's been 150 of this which is our our premium show it's right it's our main yeah. show it's our show where we showcase the soul citizens and also guests and we have a very special guest a returning guest who's been here plenty of times the the overwhelming depth of knowledge that we dig into with dr murray doc how are you um uh, <laughs> no pressure no pressure <laughs> Strangely liberated. <laughs> well, we are happy to have you on as usual. And, you know, we had Doc here previously when we did our first show on Pyro, which was an introduction to the system. And we didn't know as much about the Pyro system as we do now. So we're going to kind of take it to the next level. Um, and before we do that, I want to introduce my co-host, Fastcart FC, who's here with me today. FC, how are you? Yay! Yay. You get to celebrate. You get to celebrate. You, you get, get to celebrate. <laughs> Everyone get to celebrate. That's right. One fifty. Yeah, that better. Jade, I saw you out there. One fifty. One fifty. I saw that earlier. One fifty. Yeah. One fifty. Envoy, thank you so much for that as well. We appreciate. Oh, you. and I can joke. So I just want to say that um, you're downplaying Dr. Murray's uh, presence here because he's the grand pooper of Star Citizen, and but now he he used to be a grand pooper, but now he's ascended. So yes, uh, <laughs> bow down to Dr. Murray. He is me as ascended up. Okay, fair enough. Well, as you guys see, it's something. It's something, right? <laughs> uh, well, at least you're ascending and not descending. That's all that matters, okay? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, it's it's usually a point of perspective, right? Like, <laughs> it's true. It's very true. And a three-dimensional plane going up could be going down. <laughs> That's very true. Well, today, as you guys see, our title of our show is Pyrotechnics. And, but there's a subtitle there that says Surviving the System. All right? Surviving in the System. And we, we're going to do an overview of Pyro because obviously there's some people who don't know very much about Pyro, or maybe they've heard certain things about Pyro. But what we really want to talk about is what makes Pyro unique, uh, what makes it for some people a place to look forward to going to. Other people might have a little bit of dread about going to Pyro. Uh, uh, let me ask you, Doc, what's your feelings about Pyro? Are you like all in or nah, not my kind of town? Nice place to visit when you want to live there. Okay, well, so I don't know many places, many places like that. I had to think, I had to like process. Okay, gotcha. So, so for me, pyro has kind of always been like pyro is the next thing, right? You know, it's right. the other side of the fence. It's the green pasture, you know, mm -hmm. whatever. The grass is always greener, but it's also, <laughs> it's also lawless for most parts. And then some areas there will be a, a type of law that will be enforced by the pirate clans that are in charge in certain areas. So mm -hmm. they will have certain things that you can and can't do. Right as it gets more fleshed out. Um, I, I, I'm really excited because of, I mean, it's like that over the, over the hill idea where, you know, the next thing on the other side of the hill mm -hmm. is going to be, is going to be fantastic. Like the next valley is going to be perfectly verdant and flush. Mm -hmm. So like, I mean, that, that human exploration aspect of it is like something new is always fun. So okay. it's good to go there. 
Um, I also think that Pyro is going to necessitate the creation of certain ships and the, the implementation of certain ships. Mm -hmm. the, the increase in certain gameplay loops will have to be iterated on again and again mm -hmm. as they will become more and more necessary and mm -hmm. therefore more used, so more fleshed out. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I'm Pyro's, Pyro is just Pyro's Christmas morning right now. That's yep. what it is. A lot it's of possibilities, right? A lot of new possibilities, right? right? Where we can go. FC, what about you? Right. I know you're the big trading guy. Are you um, looking forward to all of the resources and all the money you can spend over there? Or are you like, nah, I don't want nobody blowing up my merchantman? <laughs> I want to be at? that one guy who, who's selling the Banduil merchandise and, and, and that um Jackie video. Mm -hmm. like, hey man. Okay. <laughs> no, okay. I'm not, no, I'm not going to take my merchandise into in the pile. <laughs> I'm, I'm at collateral. I ain't going. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I mean, mm. I, I, I may go on someone else's mm -hmm. big ship. Put it that way. If someone's okay. got a a big ship, I, I, I'll travel with them. Put it that way. Okay. So, are you looking to? find space to be there because it is we're going to talk about this a little bit later it is a big space or are you just going to go there to just handle trade and things of that nature but pretty much want to sightsee and see and see and see and see what i what stuff i can i can get into okay. the first couple of times and, and and then figure it out from there i guess okay all right fair enough fair enough okay well i'm sure all of you all are curious about this whole pyro thing so we're going to jump right into it we're going to cover a lot of ground here today um, hopefully, I don't know if my technical side of this show is going to work because as FastCart knows, it's been a day, okay? But we're going to try our best to manually get through this show because we got a lot of stuff to show you guys. Um, first off, right at the beginning, before we even get into this talking about Pyro, we're going to do a giveaway. As we said, this is our 150th uh, episode of Soul Citizens, our Sunday show. And so we want to give say thank you to you all in a 150 way. So we are going to give away four giveaways today. The first three go together. That's going to be the uh, glassware set that we saw Disco show off a couple weeks ago. Uh, the four Star Citizen glasses that had Drake and Anvil or something like that. So we've got the, we're gonna give you guys that glass set. So if you're interested in that, it's a $50 glass set. We're giving away three of them. Three plus three times 50 is what, Fast Cart? 150. 150. All right. So we're going to give away three of those. So we're doing them at random times during the show. So make sure you're sticking around so that you don't say, oh, I missed it. And then at the end of the show, we're going to give away one more item that is a value of 150. And that is the Drake Vulture, which everybody is really, really excited about for salvaging. So we want you guys to make sure that you're around here when we do that as well. So what I want to do, FC, is get us ready. Um, uh, let's see, what word are we going to use for the magic word? Um, uh, yeah, I know. Okay, okay, uh, uh, yeah, is no, my chair going to explode when we say it? Like, what's going to happen? <laughs> All right. So let's Did you get Cowboy Curtis? Let's um, see. Can I do that? How big a show are we doing here? There we go. All right. Let's do the secret word, exclamation point, drinks exclamation point drinks if you're interested in getting the four star citizen tumblers 50 dollars value put that in chat right now exclamation point drinks and we are going to and, um and as always members of soul citizen team are not eligible oh they know they know, they know. <laughs> you gotta say it every well time you know they'll put their name in there anyway just to push our push our buttons a little bit so let me let me do a little bit of reading here uh while See, we're oh you know colossal always does it 
Let me uh, <laughs> let me do a little reading here so we can get ourselves ready as folks are punching in with exclamation point drinks. Make sure you put an S on that, not drink. Drinks, plural. Uh, let's talk about our intro. Uh, the Pyro system is a desolate, lifeless star system crippled by a prolonged Nova phase. It is the home of the Pirate Outpost Ruin Station. The system was first visited in 2493, uh, 44 years after the first tra uh, traveler suspected something was there. Original Systems Arena Commander Dying Star map is located between Pyro 1 and Pyro 2. Pyro's sun went into a prolonged Nova phase long before mankind reached for the stars, and little is known of the original makeup of the system. Six burned-out planets, as they call them, remain, none of which are capable of supporting life, so they say. Every planet in the system is at some level of decay, and improperly shielded spacecraft will sustain residual damage from Pyro's star while making transit through the system. Now, I want to give a shout-out, before I go any further, to uh, Star Citizen Tools. Because there's a lot of information that they, it's, it's, you know, this is information that's on the Star Citizen website, but they gather it onto their website so you don't have to go through pages and pages and pages of stuff. So shout out the Star Citizen Tools for the information that we're going to be relaying to you guys. Um, so let's give you guys a little bit of background. We've got a bunch of folks who look like they've just about chimed in for this giveaway. So let's knock this one out first. We're doing this one early because this is for those of you who were on time, who were here early. So you guys get the first giveaway, okay? Vengeful, thank you so much thank you, for dropping in and for that resub. Thank you for 28 months. Wow, you've been with us for over 10 years. Months. That's amazing. Okay, are you guys ready? Uh, Dr. Murray, would you please give me the countdown on a three, two, one for me so I can punch it? All right, uh, three, two, one. Boom. And Burke eight. Ferk8, are you here? Ferk8, if you are here, please uh, let us know in the chat that you are here. I will say congratulations if you are here and congratulations if you're not here. Let's see, let's <laughs> Ferk8 pop up. Let's see, let's Ferk see. Eight. Waiting for Ferk8. There, there you go, Ferk8. You get a set of Star Citizen glasses. That's amazing. Not eyeglasses, drinking glasses. So um, <laughs> be sure, Ferk, we want you to I reach out to Fastcart uh, in Twitch. Send him your uh, RSI. Now, this is for you. It's a little bit different, okay? You may want to do this via email, whichever way you want to do it. Going to need your RSI email address, and we're going to need your mailing address because we have to have these shipped to you wherever you want them to go, to your P.O. box or to your mother-in-law's, wherever you want them to go. You let us know, and we will make sure we get that to you. Or you can email us directly at soulcitizens at gmail.com. Soul citizens. Probably better. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that would be better. So because it's better to do that than in Twitch. Soul cities, uh, soul citizens at gmail.com. And we'll get that out to you. Once again, congratulations, Burke. And thanks for being here. Nice and early. Okay. Let us move forward. Forward. We are going to watch uh a 15 to 20 minute episode of lore makers because for us to talk about all this stuff is just gonna be a kicker. So if you want to get something to drink and chill and watch this. Uh, we're going to watch Sherry Heiberg, and she's going to be talking about um, the, the Pyro system. And some of you have seen this before. Some of you may not have seen it in a long time, but we do want to give you a point of reference. You just hear some things that are just a little nice little clues about the system. And then we're going to do our own breakdown uh, on what it means to be in the Pyro system. So here we go.
welcome to another episode of Loremaker's Guide to the Galaxy. I'm archivist Sherry Heiberg. Uh, if you've never seen Loremaker's Guide before, this is a program in which the members of the lore team at CAG take you on a guide through the uh, mythology, the history, and the science behind all of the systems that we make for the game. Um, and with that, let us get started. Today we are going to do Pyro. Now, Pyro has an interesting history. There we go. It's an unclaimed system with a red dwarf at the center, no inhabitable <coughs> planets, and yet it still has a somewhat sizable population. It is home to smugglers, criminals, pirates, and the brigands of the galaxy. Um, the system you know, even, even though it's not very friendly, it's, it's, you know, it's fun for, for pirates to be in. They, they like it, they have a good time, they control what's going on. It's pretty nice. However, it is a very dangerous system to be in because of the star at the center being a flare star, which I'll get into in a moment. Um, firefights are not uncommon, there's no political stability, unlike Spider, which has, you know, Spider's pretty, pretty stable. But uh, the pirate settlement in Pyro is known for being a place where you can go and get some shady, shady jobs and maybe get in a good fight if you want to get in a good fight. Anyway. Oh, oh also, one second. This, this system is the basis of a level in Wing Commander. However, the game designers took a little bit of liberty with the design of the system because there is no such thing as a prolonged Nova phase that is made up. The Nova is an instantaneous event, but I think they thought it would sound a little bit more jazzy for the video game. So let's get started. This here is Pyro. It is the star at the center of the Pyro system. Like I said, it's a red dwarf which is an M-class main sequence red star. What a flare star is, is it's a star that exhibits unusually violent solar activity, solar flare activity. Most of the ones that we know of are red dwarf stars. There can be, there can be others, but the vast majority that we know of are, are red dwarfs. And what happens is that the luminosity and the brightness of the star, which are more or less the same thing, engage in such sudden flares of brightness that they can get 10,000 times more powerful than any solar flare that our sun has ever produced. So there are definitely like whew, wicked, wicked flames that happen <laughs> sometimes. Um, let's say, let's put it this way. So the flares are so powerful you'd get way, 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 way more than a particularly interesting aurora like we would on our own planet. Uh, flare star Ursa Major increased in brightness 15-fold on 2013 for three minutes and then returned to normal, which is, like whoosh, which is kind of the thing that you get here on Pyro. It creates you know, an incredible amount of x-ray radiation, like ultraviolet radiation, like anything that would make life, the development of life completely inimical to what happens in this solar system. Yeah, good times. Therefore, you can take it for granted that Pyro 1 is a terrible place to live. It's a blackened little rock. It's very small. It's sort of like Mercury in that it, it orbits close to the sun and 
is just like totally burned out and maybe it had a surface at one point, but it certainly doesn't anymore. It's just kind of like this, this horrible charred little rock floating in space. You're not really going to get anything out of it. Um, same with the Akiro cluster or the Akiro cluster, depending on who you're asking. It's just a little cluster of asteroids that chills out here, kind of near the Lagrangian planet Pyro 1. Uh, there's nothing, nothing much to be found there. It, people say that the uh, mining has been, that the strip mining has taken everything from the planet. I mean, not the planet, the, the asteroids. You guys know what I mean. So it's not really worth your time, I would say. Let's go over here to Pyro 2, which is a coreless planet. Now, coreless planets are interesting. It's not that they um, are hollow, which is a common misconception. It's that they don't have a differentiated metal core. So like our planet has a core. It's got like a, a core and then a mantle and then with crust. It's like different layers. So like if you slice the planet open, it would look like a really cool layer cake. But if you slice Pyro 2 open, it would just be an undifferentiated mass, sort of like a cake with no layers. Um, any, again, like any minerals that would have been worth mining of the planet have been stripped away, sadly. But, you know, it doesn't hurt to try from time to time. Here is Pyro 3. It is a lava planet. It has unusually strong tectonic activity. It has seas of lava crisscrossing the system, crisscrossing the entire planet. Uh, it's possible that it was caused by a collision, like uh, a piece of a planet-sized body broke off and hit the surface and just caused so much uh, damage and energy that the whole surface melted, and it really has not been the same since. Now, the reason that we think that this is probably what happened is because of what happened to its neighbor, Pyro 4, which used to be a planet in the system, just kind of chilling out, having its own regular orbit until a planet-sized body hit it, and it was knocked out into this totally ridiculous orbit, and it is slowly settling into the orbit of Pyro which is all the way over here, so we're going to have to adjust that later. It should be closer. Let's zoom in right here to Pyro 5, which is a gas giant. It doesn't have a pure hydrogen atmosphere, so it's not really, you know, it's not really a good place to refuel, but it does have a bunch of really cool moons. All are named after various concepts that are related to fire, like Vatra and Ver and Rior, Ignis, and Fyro, and Fuego. Yeah, that's an easy one. None of them are inhabitable. All of them are decently hot. Um, it, they kind of vacillate between hot and cold, really, because they're far enough away from the star that they should be pretty cold. But the solar flares do reach all the way out to this point sometimes. And that doesn't really make it a very good place to park your ship, because you never know when a solar flare will hit. And let's see here. Here's the last planet in the system, Pyro 6. Now, Pyro 6 isn't interesting because it's a little planet on the outskirts of the system. It is interesting because of what is around it, which is Ruin Station, the home to all piracy in Pyro. This is the base that is always 
under contention for who is the true ruler. Usually a couple of gangs kind of go back and forth between who's, who's the one in charge and who's the one who's fighting to be in charge. There's a nice little bar on it where you can go that's more or less stable, but you know, you're, you're gonna get the occasional bar fight there. It was once a Gold Horizon terraforming platform. No one really knows why there's a terraforming platform around a planet that is completely unterraformable, but Gold Horizon didn't go bankrupt because of their sound business decisions. <coughs> can be an excellent place to make connections with other pirates, with other smugglers, and perhaps other outlaws, if that's what you care to do. But you need to be aware, be aware that you will most likely get involved in a firefight of some kind. I know I've emphasized this point more than once, but I just want you to know, if you want to find crime, you're going to find it in Pyro. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the Galaxy. And once again, I'm Sherry Heiberg, the Archivist with the Lore team, and I'd like to thank our subscribers for making this program possible. And y'all have a wonderful rest of your day. Goodbye. Thank you for watching. So if you want to keep up with the latest and greatest in the Star Citizen and Squadron 42's development, please follow us on our social media channels. See you soon. Alrighty, alrighty, alrighty. Goodbye to Sherry Heiberg. I've Sherry Heiberg hyphen now, right, Fast Cart? She got hitched, if I'm not mistaken, if I'm remembering. Yeah, correctly. two April to go. Yeah. Been a year, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that's our little background on Pyro. I'm going to tap into Doc Murray here because he's the, the, the one single brain between me and Fast Cart's uh, split brains here. Because um, we're going to give some overview <laughs> <laughs> about uh, Pyro. Sherry gave us some. Some nice background. Now we want to tell you this too, guys. That Lord Makers was made back in. Do you remember what year it was, Fast Car? It's been a while. I can look it up. Uh, yeah, what I want to say that was 2018. Yeah, and they were just forming this for us for the in the first time. We're hearing details. There are some things that have changed. For example, uh, Doc. It's 2016. It's 2016. So, Doc, you may remember some things. For example, they said Pyro Three was a lava planet. We know we were actually looking forward to our own Mustafar, and then it got changed. <laughs> right? It got changed. Right. Right. So, yeah. any other things so, that you recognized in there? Um, just, just by looking at the video when she did her overview of the the star map uh -huh. entry of it, it's different. Mm -hmm. Because I, I have that up on my other screen, so it, right. things are slightly different. Um, some of the eccentricities from Pyro 3 have been taken out. It's a lot more um, stable in its orbit. It mm -hmm. has a little eccentricity, but it's not as eccentric. Um, Pyro 4 has actually moved into the sphere of influence of Pyro 5. It looks like it's yep. got a, a very, a very century somewhere between them and all of its moons. So I don't know if they're going to change that. Yep. And that's something that we have to be aware of because things do change, right? I mean, you know, right. we with the, the, even the star map, we may find out there's even some the descriptions in there that may not match up. So we just want you to know that everything's work in progress. So we may share some information. We're going to try and share the most up-to-date information. But if we get something old, and I want you guys to know that even when you go to the Star Citizen Tools website, they say some of this information may be dated. So we just want you guys to be aware of it, but it can still give us a good overview of how things are going. So... What I do want to go to is talk about, Doc, I know you'd be a good person to elaborate on this, is talking about scale. Because a lot of people don't, right. we've gotten used to Stanton, and they may right. not realize how much scale is going to change with Pyro, as well as um, what that impact will have with traveling. Oh, you have it up, right? okay. Yeah, right, so yeah. feel free yeah, to elaborate this, this a little is, bit. 
this is this is very exemplifying of it. Because the scale the scale of pyro is thirteen AU across, and that's that's um I think that's from like Oso to Castra. Two jump points. Um <laughs> What we all, most of us should know that one AU, 93 million miles or 150 million kilometers, 150, 150 for the show. So we're going kilometers. <laughs> uh, 150 million kilometers is the distance between the average distance, the perihelion distance between the Earth and the Sun mm-hmm. at any given time. Um, if we look at Stanton, the the widest points of Stanton you can travel is probably, oh, it's right there, 91 million. I'm <laughs> I'm gonna guess that's miles since they're trying to say it's. Uh, no, that should be 9100. That's that's kilometers. It is kilometers. It should be kilometers, right? Yes, it's it is. Game. So it's yep. not even it's not even one AU. Right. So it's it, like <laughs> most all of Stanton fits in the distance between the Earth to the Sun. Mm-hmm. Pyro is 13 AU across, which is 13 <laughs> AU is out to I want to say Jupiter, right? Jade. I, I, Jade might know. I have no idea. <laughs> I take a word for it. She yeah. found it right. Yeah. 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 She would know. That's why. Yeah, she, said yes. yeah. she said yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, right. And that's a, yeah, a little farther than Jupiter. That's what I was thinking. Um, that's a long way. Very... <laughs> <laughs> Understatement of the night. <laughs> yeah. Just a like, little I mean, We're dealing with we're dealing in space so i mean like yeah. relatively speaking it's it's a really small distance yeah, as yeah. far as interstellar travel goes but as far as what we know it's it's a really long ways mm-hmm. and it's going to take a long time to get across pyro and it's like stanton stanton is on the opposite side basically of pyro from ruin station yeah. and there will be other there will be other stations spattered and scattered throughout i'm sure they're going to add things there'll probably be points of interest and areas that aren't quite on the map that you can go to and find and mm-hmm. refuel but no ship right now has enough fuel to fly across <laughs> pyro like nothing is going to have the fuel capacity to go from the pyro stanton jump point to ruin station without having to stop somewhere and refuel i think maybe a starfarer if it can fuel itself would be able to do it right but otherwise like there's nothing in game that has that so fuel tanks are going to get reworked that's what we know just by looking at the size of this Mm -hmm. we also know that a lot of the ships that people love to fly the small fighters the light fighters are going to be practically untenable until we get more carriers Mm -hmm. because Mm. they are not going to get huge fuel tanks um i i wouldn't be surprised if they introduce new utility mounts Mm -hmm. that we can attach to the missile pylons so maybe you can take fuel tanks for Mm -hmm. extended duration but even still your arrow is not going to make it across the pyro system it's gonna need how about something like a 100 series with that um hydrogen no. um, intake no, no. there's well, nothing so, for you for no. your quantanium no. yeah it's not it's not quantum fuel so mm-hmm. yeah mm. let me let me share this with you yeah. too just so you'll know last night uh my good friend vavrick helped me out he's into he's into computer science and astronomy and he did some calculations for me and that's how we came up with the number i did this trip myself last night and doc what i did was i deliberately took out a stock mr you know, just plain oh old starter, because that's what most people are going to have. And I said, let's just take the base and make the trip. It took me about 14 minutes, 14 minutes and 20 seconds to go from Mikkel 2 to Mikkel 3. If you guys know where that's at, that's going all the way up near Microtech, coming all the way um, 190, 100, or 200, 210 degrees 
all the way to the far end of the other part of the system. That's not going all the way across Stanton. That's just going from two right. jump points in Stanton. So to Doc's point, if we say 150, 150 million equals out to one AU, I averaged it out. I just, this is just round numbers. Jade, don't kill me. I just rounded it out saying one <laughs> AU currently, and I'm going to say currently, one AU equals 20 minutes. Okay. That's about where we are. 20 minutes in game currently. Now to Doc's point, Doc said that we're talking about moving across 13 AU. So think about how many, just how much distance that is. It's going to take you to travel. Now, let me say this, and Doc, I'd love to hear your thoughts and fast cart yours as well. Those of you who were around in the early, early days when we first left Port Olisar to go to Hurston for the very first time, will remember that it took about <laughs> 13 minutes, 12 minutes to travel that distance. Some of you who were here later remember that when we first got trams going in Hurston as well, you might have waited four minutes for a tram. CIG has reduced those times. They've tweaked it. Now, my question to you, Doc, is do you think CIG is where they're going to be or do you think they'll tweak it? Because we're doing a show next week on Nix. Nix is 30 AU across. Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. we're talking also, a lot of time. <laughs> this, is, this is the thing. Um, CR has been pretty adamant, and a lot of things that he was adamant on early on have changed already. Things have just changed. It's just the nature of the program, the project. Right. But he's been very adamant about not having FTL travel. Right. The or even near luminal speeds. Mm -hmm. So the problem is uh, some of the quantum drives in game right now bump up to it. They get to like 0 0.9, mm -hmm. 0.98 C. And um, I don't want to get into relativity and relativistic speeds and time <laughs> dilation because it's not important. Right. Frames are right. I got you. Right. <laughs> so, but if we're going to travel. 150 million kilometers just mm -hmm. just one au like that's still 10 20 minutes right at, <laughs> at the speed of light like it's not it's not a it's, you know it well, i guess it's eight minutes <laughs> it's about eight minutes so eight minutes yeah eight then we we'll multiply that by 13 is 24 plus 8 104 <laughs> One or four so, minutes. Yeah. So you're you're talking over an hour going at light speed to travel across Pyro. Mm -hmm. So that's one light hour. And in some games, they measure time and distance in light seconds and light minutes and light hours. So what we're seeing here is they're going to have to increase the speed limits because no one's going to – I mean – when it comes out, we're, we'll probably we will be making this trek. It's going to take us a long time, right. and they're going to tweak it, and things are going to change. And I think I think distances might get shortened. I think Lagrange points will be more used. I think there'll be more stations. I think the most quantum drives will be much closer to C. I don't know if they'll go super luminal or mm -hmm. not. It'd be great if mm -hmm. they did, because I think I mean the whole concept that they use for quantum travel should is how you would theoretically be able to travel faster than C anyways. So yeah, I, I think it's possible that they'll go that route. I just think the first iteration, it's going to be a snooze fest. We're going to, mm. we're going to need to have, we're going to need to have those pool tables working on our kids. <laughs> now, mind you guys, we are talking about edge to edge right now with these numbers, but right. we know like right now, like I said, it was only 14 minutes for me to jump from Mikhail one to Mikhail three. I mean, Mikhail two to Mikhail three. 
but I was saying if you were to go edge to edge, it would actually take 20 minutes. So we're, we're just, you know, we know there are going to be jump points. We know that there, you're not going to necessarily have a reason to jump from one far into the system to the other. But to Doc's point, there may be some tweaking because Chris and them say they want to have that right. thing of realism, but also balance it out with what's fun for us to do. But they, but please understand, Doc just said it. There's a reason that pool table's on your ship. There's a reason why there's mm -hmm. going to be the, the arcade machines. There's a reason why you're going to be tweaking components and swapping out stuff. And that time can go by a lot faster than you think um, based on how this game is being designed. And developed. Fast cart. Uh, these numbers scare you or you kind of believe the CIG will adjust it or make ways for us to get around, even if they do maintain these spaces, you think they'll work out some things for players to, you know, get around fairly quicker. I think their fuel wraps are going to get a workout when power um, comes into play. You'll get to make their people, money, are, people are people are going to ignore it or or not realize it and yeah. get stuck. And so I, I think the first few few weeks people are, are going to get stranded. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, but eventually they, they, they'll they'll work out the um, the best module, the best ship to um, to get around pyro. And what I'm thinking. Okay. And I, I'm curious about like. Whether or not CIG, I don't think so, but I, it would be kind of fun if CIG would introduce um, like time dilation or, or uh, not time dilation, but light delay. Like it takes eight minutes between for, uh, go back, uh, thank you for the subscription. It takes yeah. eight minutes for, this, for the light to reach it from the sun, but if you, um, if you do that, uh, uh, apply it into, into uh, pyro, it'll take like, you know, I want to say well, 104 minutes. So that's like an hour and 24 minutes to mm -hmm. um, for, from light to from the sun to the um to the edge to the edge of the system. But I don't think they'll do that. But we'll see. Well, no, yeah, we'll see. Right? Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, you know, um, I, go ahead, go ahead, Doc. Um, I think I I think solar flares travel pretty quickly as well. Mm -hmm. But mm. Um, so. So the the thing is, pyro throws solar flares all the time. Mm -hmm. um, I think like when you're close to it, when you're down in pyro one, pyro two, pyro three range, you're you're within the under ten minute time frame for it to hit you. Mm. If, I mean, well, probably probably more than that because solar flares don't travel at the speed of light. But you you're still you're still low on the warning system. But when you're, if you're out by like pyro four, pyro five, pyro six, you know there's like solar flares travel much slower than the speed of light. Actually, it takes like an hour to eight hours to who knows how long for a, a, a very hyper energetic solar flare to leave soul and hit earth still like there's plenty of time we know it's coming okay, okay. so i i think when you're out in pyro six you're going to know it's coming you'll be able to dodge them a whole lot easier <laughs> but yeah um i am very happy to be here <laughs> drop acid thank you glad to have you here. thank you for the follow absolutely uh, you know, something I want to go back to, you said, Doc, and we're going to move on past this, but I think it's something we want to keep in mind for everything that we're doing right here. And some things that Sherry mentioned and the thing I read in the description is, and the purpose of this show is to let you guys know that there are dangers in pyro beyond piracy. There are dangers in pyro beyond the outlaw system attitude. Uh, there are some things that you will have to consider going into here. One of them was the, which you mentioned, Doc, the solar flares. Uh, Sherry talked about those flares going out as far as pyro three or four at one point, um, talking about ships taking damage when they're in that system as well under certain circumstances. But you just said something earlier when I was talking about taking that Aurora, you know, through the system, believe it or not, I got an Aurora to go from Mikkel. I, I can't remember which one is at the bottom left, Mikkel two or three, but I went all the right. way to crew L four 
which is past Hurston, past the star. It's like the stop before you go to Microtech, right? On one tank. For those of you who have fighters, you would have to probably stop at least once between there to refuel, maybe twice. Oh, yeah. So small yeah. fighters, Auroras, even a Sabre can't make the same run that a lousy, I'm going to say lousy, a starter like an Aurora MR can do. <laughs> so right. unless you've got the heavy fighters, like something from the Warden series, or as, as Doc Murray said, you start stepping up to mid-range ships like a Connie or something like that, you may find yourself riding with other people. If your love of life happens right. to be a Gladius, uh, you're gonna, like you said, <laughs> Doc, you're gonna have to dock on somebody's Kraken or Liberator or something, or crew yeah. up with somebody when you get into systems that scale. And like we talked about yeah, Nick. Like, I mean, you're, you're gonna you're gonna see you're gonna see flight groups forming around around starfarers mm -hmm. until we get more carriers because I mean right now you can park your Gladius on an eight ninety and uh, I think that's it I think that's it <laughs> yeah. um like like some light fighters can fit on inside the the Hercules and then got a C two or M two. So I mean, you might be able to like load up some some like snub fighters into there, but mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, like the arrow won't go to laser in a Hercules, like because its wings poke up when it goes to landing mode, so it doesn't fit in there. So, and it won't fit in a Carrick with the sh the door closed. So if you've got arrows, you need an eight ninety to take you across Pyro. Yeah, and I don't know about you, but I I would think a super yacht entering a pirate system was probably going to be noticed. <laughs> Maybe just a bit. Probably gonna get just a bit. Probably gonna get met somewhere along the way Maybe. by some unscrupulous I'm, types. And the same way for for, for the merchantman, I fear. So yeah, yeah. I mean, so I mean, the merchantman, the merchantman. Uh, I could see making a little more risk with it. Yeah. it's a bit more defended. It's got mm. bigger guns. It has a defender instead of an 85x as its standard snub. Um, it depends on who's flying it. Yeah. <laughs> who's crewing it. <laughs> well, space space yeah. is a big place, too. Think about that. Yeah. I mean, you don't yeah. run into people that often in Stanton, and now you're talking about a system two and a half times the size. Um, True. You know, you got a big ship, but space is even bigger. So I, th I think you'll... You know, don't get me wrong. There's always risk, right? There's always risk. But I right. think I think you'll be okay. Let's move on past this because we just want to give you guys this for the idea of thinking about how big the space is and then what it is you're going to have to tackle. Uh, one of the things we want to talk about is the star. Um, and, and Doc, Jade, I know you're here too. I'm not sure how much of this is still relevant or if they're on point or whether some of this has been tweaked. Um, but we do know that, uh, oh, we've got to do a giveaway. Yeah, we got to do a giveaway. Yeah, do a giveaway. Wait for you to finish. Yeah, thank you. Well, I, you know what? Let's do the giveaway while I read it. How about that? Um, okay. Let's see. We said drinks was going to be the word last time. I'm going to do something different every time, guys. That's the way I know you're on your P's and yeah, Q's. Yeah, because I, I thought some people were entering drinks. Uh, 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 ah, I'm trying to get ahead uh, of the yeah. game. Trying to get ahead of the game. Not going to work, y'all. Not going to yeah, work. Yeah, it's not going to be drinks this time. Let's see. This time, <laughs> the magic word is going to be... Uh, fitty, F-I-D-D-Y, as in one fitty, <laughs> F-I-D-D-Y, all right, fitty. Make sure you put an exclamation point, F-I-D-D-Y, fitty. If and you also that means not you. would like to be able to get the Star star Citizen Collection, four glass collection glassware, uh, valued at $50. We're giving away three of those. It equals out to $150. Uh, so we're going to give our second one away for those of you who are here right now. So put an exclamation point, Fitty. All right. Um, 
Star type, main sequence flare, K, pyro. A main sequence flare, K star, which makes it a bright but ultimately dying one. This is one of the, um, this is the namesake for the Arena Commander map set within the pyro system. Pyro went Nova long before mankind. We read this earlier. Subsequently, it cannot sustain native life. Any improperly shielded spacecraft will sustain residual damage from this star while making transit through the pyro system. Doc, when we saw CitizenCon last year with Jax McCleary and he boarded onto the Corsair, um, we saw some type of solar disruption that affected his ship when he was trying to make his way back to Stanton, right? Right. What that type of yeah. effects are you expecting to see? Are you with radiation, flare? Is there anything in particular that you think that people will have to be wary of that, you know, pirates not even consider when it comes to these things and pirates will have to consider them too, by the way. Um, well, so it, it, it's, it's a, it's a coronal mass ejection is mm -hmm. a flare yep. is what we call it. And it's when a piece of the star's upper portion breaks away or is oftentimes forced away due to negatively charged particles and magnetism forces and it's pushed away from the star and it often leaves pretty quickly it's highly energetic it's full spectrum energy and radiation when i say that we just have to remember that we see like 0.0035% of the full spectrum so a lot of the things that is happening we don't even know to look for to measure mm. in a solar flare so it, it it makes sense that there could be something that you know our shield systems and our basic hull systems aren't designed to stop because it's somewhere else on the spectrum. It's super energetic or super low energy, mm -hmm. and so um, I I don't know I don't know what they're going to do. I'm guessing that they're going to go with the Hollywood thing because that seems to be what Star Citizen does when it comes to science questions. Mm -hmm. It goes realism or Hollywood. Let's go Hollywood. <laughs> so it'll probably basically be like an EMP that you have on your Antares or your your sentinel and stuff this is what i'm expecting it to be more like an emp and if your shields are down it may cause hull damage and mm. cook, cook certain components because yeah. that's the that's the way it goes is yeah let me ask this too yeah. and fc you can jump in on this too on this question cig did allude to us about different types of environmental suits and they mentioned radiation do you think that mm -hmm. will be something that you mentioned how there are going to be some things that cig needs to introduce doc in, because of pyro, do you think this is going to be kind of a place where that's where that comes in? Um, I, um, me, I to, oh. go ahead, go ahead, that's great. No, I was gonna say me. Yeah, I, I, I would, I would think so. Especially like radiation too. That'd be a good way to um, introduce some economy stuff in, in, in the pyro. Like people who want to come in and, and fly around in, in a, I want to say lightly armored but lightly shielded uh, ship, or uh, something. Or they want to spend enough time in there that you know the residual damage starts, starts taking place, especially to people. Uh, can you imagine dying to radiation or, or, or getting red because you you, you you took too much radiation, so yeah, yeah I think that'll be yeah, radiation sickness could be radiation a real sickness, thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, so yeah, I, I can definitely see that happening in Star Citizen. Yeah, Doc, what were you gonna say? I, I would, I, I, what I was saying was because Pyro has this this flare star, that I would think that they'll introduce something like a subcomponent for your shield generator at some point that mm. is designed to protect you from that. So people who who stay in Pyro have this this more protection against it. Otherwise, you just kind of trying to get lucky and avoid them as you travel across it to do your cargo run or whatever, whatever, mm, yeah. whatever reason you're, you're in pyro. Yeah. DC compendium. Thank you so much for that subprime prime sub brother. Thank you so much for three months. 
You know, I, I do wonder, Doc, um, I love that idea of them introducing things to help counter, uh, but I also appreciate, you know, sometimes you watch a movie and they say you can only remain in this area for so long before radiation starts to affect you. I know that's a little bit right. of the Hollywood side of it, but there would be something that says, you know, if you're in a system, you need to set your clock because you can only stay over here for 45 minutes before you start getting some type of ill effect of, of right. being in the area, you know, to Francis Card's point about radiation sickness. Can you can you imagine can you imagine them introducing a um a, a component on 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 your mobile glass you know, to 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 measure it to measure it like yeah a, something like, like that a tiger counter easily I know it's I know it's not it's not really brought up in like Star Trek and Star Wars and most are modern parlance <clears throat> sci-fi but space is full of radiation mm -hmm. radiation bands all the time um, because I mean stars are stars are fusion bombs mm -hmm. going off and there's there's not it's not just simply fusion there's also fission taking place and all kinds of complicated things occurring and being ejected from the star at all times right. material matter compounds molecular chains and radiation tons and tons of radiation and anytime you have a star you're going to have tons of radiation and even uh, a dying flare star or whatever something that's already nova and is in the last throes of its life is going to probably be throwing off a lot of lower frequency radiation mm -hmm. which is usually what fucks with humans the most yeah. so um yeah i think i i mean it's something that, that they even talk about when we talk about going to mars here from earth is like we don't we don't know entirely how much radiation they'll be exposed to because we haven't basically stuck a dosimeter in a probe and shot it to Mars and brought it back and then viewed it to see. Mm. Like, we, we haven't done that. So, like, there's a lot of things that need to be done for that. And then there's um, like Van der Waals belts mm -hmm. that, that are kind of like areas where the radiation is blocked by the magnetosphere of Earth or other planets. Mm -hmm. So it's like you could try to travel through them. But, again, it's, it's very complicated, and we don't know... We don't know all the radiation that's there because, like I was saying about the, the the electromagnetic spectrum, which is what radiation is, is just energy on that spectrum, right. like light or radio signals or whatever. Like that that field that that spectrum is huge. It's 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 unbelievably large compared mm -hmm. to what we see and interact with, and even like we know some above and below what we can see mm -hmm. with infrared and ultraviolet, but it goes on and on. Beyond that, yeah. And so. Mm -hmm. There could be radiation types that we don't know, and mm -hmm. there could be radiation types that we think we understand, but they operate differently in microgravity. So it's, or it's there could be radiation type that they introduced just for a, for a science fiction or, or, or fantasy right. uh, mm -hmm. thing. Yeah, you might yeah. as well. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. so yeah. So I mean, I I think in some ways it makes sense that the ships would be radiation shielded to begin with, even without their shields on. Some kind of hull mm -hmm. mm -hmm. manufacturing place to do that. Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't be too worried about radiation, but because, like I said, they're going to go the Hollywood route, I wouldn't be surprised if they do add some kind of yeah. radiation where you have a dosimeter, you have a, a Geiger counter on mm -hmm. your HUD that's tick, tick, ticking away when you get to bad radiation. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. I would I would love that. that yeah, I know this is coming. I'm thinking about Star Trek Six, but, you know, something like when a flare happens, if you're a certain distance out, maybe there's something that goes off on your console letting you know that this radiation wave is headed your way or something i don't know because i like the thing with jackson they were flying and all of a sudden you know they got hit and then they like you said it was like an emp hit and they lost power right. and tumbled you know maybe there's a certain time frame maybe it could affect communications or like you said headings things of that nature but like you said there's a lot of room for where they can go with that by the way uh fran we saw you pop up there thank you so much for that sub thank we you really appreciate it let's do this giveaway real quick because everybody's lined yep. in 
Uh, once again, exclamation point Fiddy, F-I-D-D-Y, if you dropped it in there. Uh, we'll have our guest countdown for us one more time. Go ahead, Doc. Three, two, one. Boom. Uh, uh. Uh, sleepwalker sleep i'm assuming that sleepwalker could be sleep waker uh sleep wicker but <laughs> sleep <laughs> if you're out there let us know give us a shout in chat if you are here let's see if sleep walker is there here. it is there we go wow, awesome. wow thank you way to go sleepwalker congratulations uh once again please uh we need this because this is a shipment coming from cig we're going to need your mailing address wherever you want it to be mailed uh, send that to soulcitizens at gmail.com. Soulcitizens with an S at gmail.com. Make sure you give us your, your say who you are. Please do, obviously, because we want to mail it to you so that you get the package. And uh, we'll get that out to you. So thank you. Congratulations. A couple more giveaways coming up, folks. So don't go very far. And we've got a big giveaway at the end of the show. So stick around. All right, Doc, that's good stuff. We can just tap into Doc all night fast cart. We can just sit back and let him do the show. Yeah, right. There he <laughs> all right. Let's talk about this one before we get into... Wait. We, <laughs> until you get my bill <laughs> okay. um you know one of the things that we've seen those of us who are into the industrial life we see that you know we're always looking for that is there an asteroid belt is there some natural resource place that we can tap in and we know that the akiro cluster is there uh, the akiro cluster or pyro cluster alpha is a charred cluster of blackened asteroids while mostly worthless some rare materials can be found there Sounds like they're baiting us fast, Cart. You know, you were talking about finding these rare materials for your Banu trading, well, right? And 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 in the lawmaker, the guy, guy with video she just said that the everything has already been mined out. So no, 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 no. Do you think they're right. going to actually tell you? That's read the words there. This is CIG two. While mostly worthless, some rare materials can be found there. So they want us to go look. It ain't going to be an easy find. So I guarantee you, they're not going to put a completely empty asteroid building. I guarantee you that. I guarantee you that. They're not. It, it, that's, that's, that's the beta sin there for some reason. Now, don't get me wrong. It may be 90% stripped. Maybe 95% stripped. But I think that for the person who is diligent enough to dig and look and find they may stumble across something that is not, you know, copper, you know what I mean? Or, mm. you know, aluminum. <laughs> uh, yeah. They may find something that makes it worth it going out there and looking around. But I don't know, Doc, what do you think? Me and Fast Card are kind of 50-50 on this one. What do you think? Um, uh, so when I, when I see things like mostly worthless, some rare, I think this isn't going to be the place to take an Orion. This is the place <laughs> to take a prospector yeah. or a mole. Yeah. You know, some rare, which I mean, if you've done any mining in Stanton, some rare is basically what you're used to. It's mm. just like every now and then, every one in ten asteroids is something decent that's mm. worth mining. And it's not even asteroids. One in ten scannable, mineable asteroids <laughs> is something worth doing. And there's billions of other asteroids just floating there doing nothing. So right. yeah, I mean, right. I, I don't expect. Or... Too much. I actually expect there to be some pretty high value ore mm. still available in Pyro places on some of the planets in in the akiro cluster mm -hmm. because like it's it's the core gameplay mechanic of high risk high reward mm -hmm. you're going somewhere mm -hmm. with less infrastructure with less safety with less security you should be you know you should be um um drawing a blank here on a word you, you should you should you should benefit from doing that and like you should yeah. you should you should you should make more credits per hour in pyro doing the same thing you're doing in stanton like it should just be a simple trade-off of that mm -hmm. 
of or, just because it's more I, valuable or whatever. Oh, maybe you could bring bring something like like your and try to play the odd because you know if you, if you get mine quickly enough and 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 um, get enough afterward, maybe you'll uh, get lucky more often than not. Yeah. Well, I mean, I see I see the Orion is more like you know you're looking for when, when we're mining asteroids on in space, they're like forty five hundred mm-hmm. kilograms to like maybe 1200 kilograms i don't know how many that are higher i haven't done a lot of mining so i'm not 100 percent on this mm-hmm. but still i mean when you're mining the orion you're pulling up on these hundred million kiloton or mm-hmm. ton fucking asteroids and it and it's a completely different percentage game because like three percent of a hundred million tons is shitloads <laughs> but three percent of 4500 kilograms not so much like in the in the SCU game, so yeah, I mean, I could see bringing an Orion here, but again, with the system being as uh, lawless as it is, bringing an Orion here, I would, I would think we would. No, I mean, with support, obviously. Interest. Yeah, you would need interest <laughs> and javelin support, you know, just to make sure you're. Safe, now you're like, scared to bring a merchantman in, but you want to bring a big tank like an Orion in and put it in the <laughs> middle of an asteroid belt and put it in. Oh, okay, yeah, okay. You I was going to say. I'm not risking mine. Uh, I was going to say. Know sucker, I know better. I was going to say. Exactly. We know how Fastback's really making his money now. He's like, hey, yeah, really. Take your Orion in there. Absolutely, Shimpasta. We did address that earlier. Will a starter ship work in Pyro? I mean, it'll work in Pyro. You know, the issue yeah. is range. You know, any ship can fly there, but the range is the issue. So you, we're saying you have to be thoughtful. Uh, we don't and know. Protection. Yeah, even though they talk about ruined stations, CIG has hinted to that there are other stations, but Doc Murray mentioned right. this earlier. We won't know where they are yet. That's part of our discovery. So right. who knows? Maybe there's the first station. It's kind of like a gas station. You know what I mean? As soon as you come through the wormhole, there's that like, one like stop. Like the Astro station. <laughs> right. Oh. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Can, can you imagine putting put, put up your station and say, last stop for a certain amount of exactly. AU? Exactly, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, so we'll have to see. That's going to be part of the uh, part of the fun there. Okay, so that's uh, yeah. the Akira cluster. Let's go ahead and get into some of these planets, Doc. And uh, we're going to hit the very first one, oh, which boy. is Pyro 1. Let's take a look at that one. So I have Pyro 1 open already. It's live in engine. Um, This is like the current version of Pyro, so we're still going to do like a polish pass on it. So not everything is done done, but we still wanted to show you uh, what we have so far. So the idea behind Pyro 1 is that it gets hit by solar flares repeatedly. We got some concept art from the concept art team and the way that they visualized these solar flare hits was like glowing marks and streaks all over the planet. Um, Unfortunately, the tech for the the glowing part of it is still being worked on. So we had to make do with what we could use. Um, So it's not glowing, um, but you can still see a lot of the blue uh, coming in. Yeah, as you can see, Pyro 1 already has some volumetric clouds. Not all of the Pyro planets have their volumetric clouds yet. So let's jump to the one of the blue spots on the planet uh, i just tweaked like the sun position a little bit to make it look a bit nicer and then you can see why it's blue we added like tons of these crystals to pyro one um we've used crystals before on wala um, but i think we were a bit too 
Um, yeah, we played it a bit too safe on Wala. I think we only put like crystals as ground cover assets. Um, but for Pyro 1, we really wanted to push the shapes. Um, so you can find like these really large crystals here. Heisenberg would be really happy here. Okay, then another interesting thing to highlight here, plants over there. So what's interesting about those is we made them like three or four years ago. Um, they were supposed to be uh, part of like a mission in, uh, on a space station. The mission was scrapped, um, unfortunately. Um, and ever since then, the, this asset set has just been sitting in our like vault. Uh, it's a really cool plant set and I'm happy that we finally found uh, a spot to use them. So this is another spot I want to highlight. Um, it's also important for us that we do add something memorable to each planet. Um, in the case of Pyro 1, it's this spiky rock set that looks really intimidating. We try to push the scale of the assets for the Pyro system. We felt like by now we got like the, the basic rocks and the scattering of the basic rocks to like a very good quality. So now we can explore more crazy shapes, I guess. And this is one of the sets that we made. Um, it's not done yet. It still needs a polish pass, but I wanted to show you guys what it feels like when you're in game walking around here. Now I want to show you my personal favorite biome of Pyro 1. It's this biome here, which has these really cool looking rock formations. They are massive in scale. Like if I jump in game here, you get a good feeling for the scale of them. Yeah, it's possible to land your spaceship on them. Um, it's probably really fun to, yeah, race through here. We can imagine that this is going to be like a nice combat space as well, because they do provide nice, nice cover. Let's just jump to a couple different areas on Pyro 1 before we move to Pyro 2. So let me, let me ask you guys, uh, I'll go to you first, Doc. We know CIG is not going to quote unquote populate every orbital, every place, you know, with a landing zone or necessarily bases, but what happens when you have a place like this? Pyro one is too close to the star to be habitable. Uh, it's, it's a, it's a burnt crisp, but is it resources? What's going to be a per possible purpose for how can a place like this have gameplay uh, features or what can be done there, you think? Yeah, so I was kind of talking with Jade in the chat about this. I mean, it appears it appears to have a decently thick atmosphere, actually. Mm -hmm. And with the cloud cover, of course, it's, that means it's got some real atmosphere going on. I would think something so close to a star that Nova and is constantly flaring that the atmosphere would be all battered away and burned off like they, mm -hmm. they would like atmosphere is usually indicative of active core mm -hmm. and um i don't see how the core would be active because i mean like as close as it is just looking at it on the map i would assume that it's tidally locked and it's it's within uh. the green it's like on the inner edge of the green band mm -hmm. it's it's so close to the star that it should be a cooked crisp right. on the other side and like they said they, they want glowing bands and radiation bands on the planet glowing and making to making it look different 
So, I mean, I would guess the only reason to come here would be to mine, and you would only do it on the on the, the dark side of the planet mm. because the, mm. the other side would be way too hot. Mm. Interesting. And, but, I mean, like, I mean, just, just with basic know, astrophysics knowledge that I have, I would, mm. I would assume it not have a core, or it would not have an atmosphere. Yeah. But, I mean, I guess it, I guess it could. I, I guess. You know, I, like, the crystals was the thing that I wondered whether or not they'd become more than just you know, cosmetic, right? That maybe that's something yeah. that becomes mineable in the game. They're showing right. us these different tr plants or whatever, which I don't get the plants thing. That I really don't get. Right, yeah. But right. <laughs> how, how they live yeah. is, yeah. But, you know, it hey, is what it hey, is. It's cool. It's really cool. Yeah, but I'm, I'm, again, you know, there's no cities, there's no bases per se, but the question becomes, is this some place that a pioneer would set up to do some type of science? Or as you mentioned, maybe there's some type of industrial mining that can take place in a place like, you know, we got caves and things right. that are coming. Who knows, right? But I love your thing about yeah. thinking about whether or not, hey, we got to hurt and shut these this equipment down because we're going to be, you know, reaching dawn soon and we can't be out here because it's, you know, it's unbearable to be out here. <laughs> like, yeah. Black. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Go ahead. Just you know, the, even even the valuable minerals, you wouldn't expect there to be a lot mm -hmm. available on the surface. Because I mean, if it's if it's so close that it's it's like getting blasted by the star, its mm -hmm. temperatures are probably in the upper thousands of centigrade mm -hmm. on average on the surface. I mean, with the atmosphere, it would be different. The atmosphere would buffet it down, and right. it would cause cooling because of how atmospheres work and all of those things. But like like we're saying. I, there's no way it has a magnetic field and it's that close to a star. There's there's no way it has the atmosphere, like scientifically speaking. So it's just confusing. It'll be it'll just be however they decided to be at this okay. point. So. Fair enough. Right. But yeah. one thing I want to say with those crystals and rock, I was going to say I was guessing there's going to be no racing on Pyro One, but then saw the other areas. I'm like, okay, maybe there could be some racing, but you got it got to be like time limited because you got to make sure it, 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 it's on the right side of the. Uh, 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 of the sun and yeah yeah i'm, I'm having problems i'm having problems with the physics of those rocks we're looking at right now but you know that's a whole nother story <laughs> so i've got real oh, issues right. with that. That, that, that that could be a thing if you if you bump into a good racing <laughs> you, you know it's gonna happen that, that, that could yeah. be a factor right okay let's jump to pyro 2. so now we're on pyro 2. Um, in comparison to Pyro 1, you can immediately see Boy. the planet is like way more colorful. There's more variation in uh, the use and values of the colors. Um, we have like browns and um, like bone white spots, some red, uh, and it's all contrasted by like a blue clear ocean. So Pyro 2 doesn't have volumetric clouds yet, but they will be there at release. So now I jump to um, one of the biomes of Pyro 2. What I want to highlight here is the improvements that we made to how acids spawn on the side of mountains. That was something that was always quite challenging for us to do, to have some natural transition from the terrain to the geometry and then also have like the rocks form in a natural way. Um, now we can make nicer rock formations. It's not quite there yet. Um, there are still improvements planned for it, but I think in comparison to what we had before, um, this is a big step forward. Also, what you might see is the drawing distance of assets has been greatly improved. So everything you see here in the distance is actual geometry. 
So if we were to fly all the way over there, you would you will see that this is um, yeah like cliff formations. And I think it looks really cool, like the the silhouette of the terrain. Yeah, let's fly through the canyons. Yeah, I would do this in a spaceship, but I'm horrible at flying, so I'm just gonna use uh, the camera in editor. So now I jumped ahead to a really cool biome on Pyro 2. Um, it's simple, but I think sometimes less is more. Uh, in this case, what sets this biome apart from the rest of the planet is that we added these calcified trees um, and they spawn in very dense clusters. Um, so you almost get like little forests of them. So it's supposed to look very dry and kind of dead, but still uh, in a pretty way. Okay, if we look at it from this angle, what I really like about this biome is um, the contrast that you have um, here on the terrain. It's pale, it's dry, but then in the background you have like the nice clear blue ocean. So this is one of the red areas on Pyro 2. Um, it's kind of like a sandy desert, but we try to add like a lot of different um, geology assets, um, different mixes of bushes and grasses. Uh, so it's not like a, a dead desert, but it feels kind of lively. Um, and you find like lots of foliage here. We have like these cliffs in the background, which are pretty dark. Um, and it's another nice contrast of this planet where you have like the saturated red terrain um, and the dark bedrock. So jumping to this point here, what I want to highlight is the improvements that we made to our ground textures. So previously, like two or three years ago, uh, we had to rely a lot on uh, ground cover assets to add um, geometry and detail that the ground textures alone couldn't give us. Um, but ever since we got terrain displacement, we get like really nice uh, shapes just from the textures alone. And then if you, if you combine it with ground cover assets, yeah, the, the result is really successful how things blend together and the amount of detail that you see on the ground. Okay. So Pyro 2, they say Pyro 2 is a coreless planet that will in time uh, fall into its star. During the system's initial discovery, Pyro 2 is a major focus. The planet held seemingly significant deposits of cadmium, titanium, and gravity-forged gemstones. A minor metal, metal rush saw human trade ships quickly deplete these deposits within five years. For all practical purposes, the world had become an empty husk. And I, you know, I keep looking at the words that CIG uses, which is for all practical purposes. Uh, and I kind of wonder, you know, what what's the purpose of this place? Uh, I, one thing I didn't know, Doc, uh, that Pyro 2, or it slipped my mind or I'd forgotten that Pyro 2 did have an atmosphere and this body of water in it. I know Pyro 3 from the demonstration showed mm. that they had humans re residing there. Uh, is this some place that you think also people may, NPC bases may be, or pirate bases may be in a place like this, or do you think it's still too extreme? Um, yeah, it's, um, it, it's, it's, it's like 20% into the green band. So mm -hmm. it should be fine. And I mean, atmospheric makeup being random as it is. I, I like how there's a bird there. We just saw <laughs> for just a second. Yeah, mm -hmm. Early, early boys. Um, <laughs> yeah, so... I would I would think 
that it has the capacity to at least sustain life in suits and stuff. So the point of interest, like we see on some of the moons, because I mean, th there's no way Pyro 2 is a worse place to live than Aberdeen. And there's a fully mm. functioning prison on Aberdeen. So, I mean, and there's tons of things. So yeah. like, I expect there to be pirate outpost. I expect this to be one of the places that people go when they get the ability to buy and place their own settlements and colonial outpost because like pyro 2 is big and it's it's in the green band it's kind of arid but it would be fine for you know somewhere you, it's big enough that you could hide like somewhere and uh -huh. not have your base be found easily right away and and it should sustain life and it, it looks like there'd be ability to grow things because i mean there are plants and stuff on the planet mm -hmm. that are growing so <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I guess you would just be at risk of solar flares taking out things all the time. But yeah. uh, well, the FC doc just went somewhere where I was going to ask about, but he, since he brought it up, I'll ask you. And that's he mentioned about the fact that there's this evidence of things growing, and we've talked about whether or not CIG could develop, whether it be through science fiction or science fact. Uh, maybe there's a certain type of soil here or a certain type of mineral element that allows people to set up some time of hydro whatever to grow things right they won't grow elsewhere right. we talked about being able to do that on ships like the endeavor creating conditions right. you know maybe are those other reasons why a planet like this may be not great for doing certain things like building a town or city but maybe there is some type of place you could you know build with you know once we get into this whole thing of crafting and building that maybe the yeah. surface of this planet is good for or the atmosphere is even good for they could they could go all sorts of fun sci-fi routes and say, well, the because of how the atmospheric makeup is, and because the temperature of the planet is so hot, that, mm -hmm. and the gravity is so high, trees don't grow as tall, but they're like mm. eight times as dense, so the wood mm. is harder than like durasteel. So it's it's worth it to harvest the trees and you know and grow trees here, but they're like you know rare. Yeah, I can definitely controlled I, substance. I, I, I can definitely see some someone some people uh, some people who are inclined to go botanical to pick a place like this and and start growing stuff for uh, for profit. So that'll be interesting. I, I just want to say this place right here looks look so pretty. I mean, I'm not. I mean, it's kind of dry for me, but I probably would, would, wouldn't mind um, visiting there at least once. And yeah, I, that that was one of the things that I, I noted down. Uh, this place has more plants. So. Yeah, I, 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 I'm not, I'm not interested in going that route myself scientifically, mm -hmm. but I can see definitely see some gameplay there. And you know, the other thing too is that maybe there are things that, as Doc said earlier, certain elements or minerals that you can only get here because you need them for something else too, right? I mean, this mm -hmm. is where you can hire out people. Maybe you don't want to go here, but you know, you know, Griff likes to go weird places like that, and you say, hey, I need you to bring me so many tons of whatever, or you know, kilos of such and such because I need that for experiments I'm doing on my whatever. You know, that's another option too. Okay, let's look at Pyro 3. We told you all at the beginning of the show that Pyro 3 changed uh, when we watched Sherry talking about it. Uh, she mentioned that it was a lava planet. I know CIG has still talked about lava because they talked about it when it came down to River Tech. Uh, and that was one of the things that they talked about. But uh, when we saw the demonstration for Pyro 3 at CitizenCon a couple years ago, we know that that has shifted about Pyro 3. So all things change. Let's take a look at Pyro 3. So now we're on Pyro 3. You saw some of it during last year's keynote demo. 
um, but I want to use the opportunity to give you like an in-depth look at some of the biomes. So last year you saw that like yellow is kind of the, the accent color of Pyro 3. Um, so from this distance you can see through the volumetric clouds like a lot of the yellow coming through. We talked about what's making it look yellow, <laughs> which is the moss, and I want to like jump down to the planet surface and show you the amount of detail that you will see when uh, going up close to the moss. So we're down at the surface now. I'm just going to jump in game. A lot of time and effort was spent on making the moss look just right. So like the right level of fluffiness um, and density. <laughs> so it looks really nice when it like covers these rocks. Um, and then we also have like lots of smaller moss on the ground. Um, we combine it with like yellow grass uh, and it makes for like a really interesting biome. So it was really important for us to make this biome look really dense. Um, so we pushed the amount of acids that we're using. So it's basically completely covered in foliage. Compared to Hurston, for example, which Hurston and Microtech, which are probably our densest planets when it comes to foliage, um, this is way denser. Um, the good thing is that we don't have any trees here, so all the budget we can use on ground cover, on grass. Now we jump to a pyro coast biome. The improvements we got to the coast biomes is that we can now use a OPR override for every single biome. Previously, we could only use one global override per planet, which, as you can imagine, is not enough when you have something like Stanton 4, where you have snowy regions and the spruce tree regions and one object preset just can't cover every coast. We added these coral, um, this like coral geology set um, to have some of the yellow also along the coast. Um, so you see here, we always have like a little bit of yellow coming through uh, and eventually it transitions into the nice mossy areas. Previously, when we made coast object presets, we played it a bit safe and only used one or two asset sets. Um, but due to the fact that we can now push the density along the coast as well, you can find different kinds of coral, um, seaweed, uh, different pebbles and rocks and other stuff. Now I jump to one of the volcanic regions on Pyro 3. Um, you might not expect to find vegetation here, um, but we did add a little bit of vegetation to this region to make it a bit more interesting. What I want to highlight here is the quality bar that we set for ourselves when it comes to improving the look of our vegetation. So this is one of my favorite new vegetation sets that we created. You can see the amount of detail on display here. We have like nice little flowers and these like knots or whatever, like pots. Um, and it's just like a really cool asset set. So when flying over the volcanic regions, you will find pockets of these uh, scattered all around just to make the area like a little bit more lively. Before we move on, let's jump around to a couple more places. That looks good. Hmm, <clears throat> that looks Yep. Okay, very cool. Pyro 3, the third planet. Uh, and again, I mentioned earlier that this was a little outdated, so I'm not going to even read all this stuff because they kind of go into the whole lava thing. But, um, Doc, we saw this at uh, CitizenCon 2020, if I'm not mistaken, I think. 
Um, this is when they came in with the 400i that flew down to Pyro 3. Um, were you surprised when you saw it in the sense of the way it looked? You know, I was a little feeling was a little kind of homey looking, you know, a little earthy looking, but I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, it, it went from a, a, a magma lava world to a Scandinavian planet. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> like, I, I don't mind. I, I right, don't mind. I, right. I, think, I think like lava worlds being on the outer edge of the green band is probably the wrong right. place to put a lava world in right. the first place. So, I mean, it makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's like right on the edge of the green band, so I would expect it to be cold most of the time. Um, and I mean, there's cloud cover, there's liquid, and it looks like water. Mm -hmm. It's not like hydrogen or hydrocarbons like a Titan. So, I mean, I would expect this place to have lots of settlements as well, just mm. like Pyro 2. And I, I think Pyro 2 might be a little more, um, a little more Spartan and because of the, it's closer to the planets, mm. it's closer mm -hmm. to the star, so the flares are probably more detrimental to it. Right. But I mean, like Pyro 3, the way that it looks in this video, it, it just, it looks like, like Iceland, like the yellow moss, mm. the, the kind of flat area with hills in one direction and mm -hmm. water in the other and just kind of like flattens out like it reminds me of being in iceland so it's just yeah 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 it just yeah i, I thought if it was last year didn't call it last year but maybe i'm mistaken mm, that that is in 2023 2022 rather yeah i thought it was 2022 but maybe mm -hmm. i'm mistaken no it's one more year but, before that one more year before that let me let me ask but, you this hmm? okay were you uh, were you triggered a little bit when he said we spend a lot of time making this fluffy. I thought about moist eyeballs, you know, when they use that term, you know, I said, oh God, somebody's going to write a thing about this. Spending time making the moss fluffy, you know, but I, I do like no, the, I didn't, I didn't get triggered. You didn't get triggered on it. Okay. okay. No, but w w w one thing I, I will say right here, that coast, I would not want to mm -hmm. go swimming in that water. That water does not look right. Or does not really? look safe for, yeah, from, to me. That looks better than Hurston's water. Though. Oh God, it looks better than Hurston's water. I don't know, but. Uh, it's relative, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I do, I do like that their water tech is getting better now. They showed us stuff since mm -hmm. then. Uh, but yeah, it is interesting to see. And I agree with Doc. I think that for the habitable, we'll, we'll see more habitation on Pyro Three. I think we've gotten that impression from the presentation that what they've is, made. You know. Oh, uh, yeah, I was looking at the notes. Was that was uh, I'm pretty sure the 400i was uh, 2021. Yeah, that's what, that's what I said. It was the year before. Because Fast Car was asking oh, if it was last year. And I was saying, no, I, I think it was the year, year before. No, it, it was before that I didn't, yeah, the year before that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. right. So this is, the, the water tech has changed six times since this video has yep. come out. So don't worry. <laughs> you know, he's right. He's right. It looks, and it looks better now. Yeah. Okay. Pyro 4. Yeah. Let's take a look at that one. They've been working on water for a while. Now we're on Pyro 4, which is my personal favorite of the Pyro system. Yeah, just full disclosure, you can probably tell that the clouds here are not done yet. They do look a bit busted, but yeah, they will be, they will look amazing once the planet comes out. So let's focus on the terrain shapes. We created some of these terrain shapes special for Pyro 4 because it's loosely inspired by like Scottish highlands. Um, so there's not a lot of like verticality. Uh, not a lot of trees, so everything is kind of coming from the terrain and from the smaller assets that we scatter on the terrain geometry. So jumping in-game, and then you can see the amount of ground cover assets on display 
um, the variation in color, but it's all grounded by like the, the color of the soil. Um, and it just looks like we have multiple new vegetation sets on display here. So first of all, we have this um, bush set here, which is called, um, I think it's called a fire stalk, which, yeah, it's kind of like a modified version of the real world thing. They add like a little bit of color to the area um, and make things pop. Then we have these ones here. I forgot the name of the asset set. Yeah, they also look quite saturated um, and interesting. We also try to improve the quality of our tree sets. If you, if you compare like the trees that we have on Hurston to these ones, um, the geometry count is way higher. The texture resolution is a bit higher um, and they just look more polished and nicer, which means that eventually we have to go back to Hurston, to Microtech and give the trees there like a little makeover. So what was really important for us was to improve the blending between different biomes. So you see here, these are two fairly simple biomes. There's a clear distinction between them, but the transition still feels very natural. So if we go down here, you have like the red grass and it kind of feathers out. Yeah, it feels very organic and natural. Let's jump to the most experimental biome that we've made so far. So for this biome here, the concept art team gave us um, some really interesting concept art because this is easily some of the, the biggest uh, rock formations that we have in the game so far. Actually, let me try to fly a ship so you can see the scale of them. So they're massive in scale. And what was the hardest part about getting these uh, to look right is that they're supposed to look really good from a distance um, because you would expect something this big um, yeah, to be visible almost from space. Um, but then the tricky thing is also to make them look good um, when you're standing up close to them. Let me jump in game so you see how big these rocks actually are. So they are massive in scale. Mm -hmm. Um, you can probably land your spaceship on them and walk on them and they make you feel like really small. But I think it's, it's a really good visual that you have these like dark gray rocks against the, the crimson of the soil and the grass. So here's a little happy accident where we have the volumetric clouds uh, covering the terrain. And because the, the height map, the, the difference in height um, is so large, we actually get like shapes of the terrain poking out of the volumetric clouds. Yeah, you can probably spot some of the tiling issues that we have here, uh, which is something that we still need to look at. But like I said before, uh, this is still work in progress. Um, so it's gonna change a bit. Because I mentioned biome diversity along the coasts before, uh, I just wanted to highlight what one of the coast biomes on Pyro 4 looks like. So this one is kind of this wet sand. Um, we scattered some of the seaweed, some of these um, yeah, lava plates uh, and some of these pebbles. And then we also get like nice seaweed uh, moving with the waves of the ocean. One interesting thing on Pyro 4 is that we have a massive crater region 
on other planets we have individual craters which are a whole height map or like three four smaller craters on one height map but this is actually multiple height maps forming one large crater um, and you can <laughs> see it all the way out in space like this whole region is one big crater so it's a mix of like the global displacement uh, texture and then the height maps of the ecosystems um, spawning on top plus the volumetric clouds uh, make it look really epic here now we've flown down to the surface of the crater um, we wanted this to feel very yes spooky and grim and kind of dark so we have these um, dark fantasy forest looking trees uh, yeah which look kind of creepy uh, then we bring some of the red grass back from the previous um, biome if we go down to the surface of the crater you can see that we added this dark forest looking tree set some creepy shapes um, some moist looking ground cover assets and this whole area is supposed to make you feel a bit uneasy it's supposed to be hostile and it's not safe without your suit on so far we looked at four of the pyro planets so let's switch it up and look at one of the moons Hey, he mm. talked about this, you know not being safe without your suit on, which is an interesting thing. Uh, a rocky protoplanet that has been mined clean, knocked out of orbit by a celestial body of equal mass, which is where we saw the big uh, crater, I assume. It's slowly being pulled toward Pyro 5. Doc, <clears throat> I know he said that this planet wasn't, um, wasn't complete. He's was talking about the cloud cover and stuff, but we did see a lot of detail here. And uh, the aspect of that big crater... Uh, also, there was still things growing here. Uh, you know, there's atmosphere here in some form too. So, you know, Pyros 2, 3, and 4 have demonstrated, you know, some form of possibility that maybe someone could reside there. Maybe? Yeah, I mean, again, if if we look at any of these places and then compare them to, I mean, like, go the opposite end of the spectrum of from Aberdeen, you go to Euterpe, where mm -hmm. it's like almost absolute zero right. like so like i mean people people are somehow living on those worlds i mean they're not those planets and moons they're not like thriving like you mm -hmm. don't see these huge ranches full of plants or anything at this point and i wouldn't expect to under those climate conditions but these places seem a lot more um friendly in the in the climate regard i mean the temperatures don't seem to be as abnormally high and i'm guessing that if I just look at the map here, that Pyro 4 at this point is only warmed by tidal forces and mm. maybe indirect radiation coming off of the gas giant of Pyro 5, mm -hmm. the light energy causing it to heat. But it's, 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 it looks like it's been captured in, mm -hmm. on the star map now. So mm -hmm. I would expect <clears throat> if you're looking around here in one mm -hmm. direction at one part, at least one hemisphere is always going to be able to see Pyro 5 looming in the distance, which would be mm. really cool to have, like... It would be. Because, I mean, I, I don't know how big Pyro 4 is because my details are working. And the star but map's I'm busted guessing, right now, too, which doesn't help, but, yeah. Yeah, it's what's mm. working. So I, I'm, guessing it's, I'm guessing it's at least microtech-sized. So, yeah. I mean, it's, that's, not, that's not huge, but it's, it's big enough it's big that enough. there would definitely be areas that you could go and find nice vistas and set down your settlement and i mean i think they said you needed a spacesuit to survive outside but yeah, 
Yeah. It looks like you could grow certain things and. Yeah. Let me, speaking of growing fast cart, which is my question, they showed us some trees there. And they were talking about the tech. Mm -hmm. The tech has gotten better. They're more detailed. They've you know added a lot more to them to give them realism. But let me ask you a question. You know, science fiction, science fantasy, right? Science fact. I, I feel very mixed about when I see the the uh, the, the flora in the game, right? Mm -hmm. There's some of it that reminds me of Earth. It has enough of a slight alien feel to it. But do you think you'd want to see something that looks a little more less like an oak tree? Uh, and, I, and I'm not picking on them. I'm not picking on them. I'm just saying it still looks familiar. You know what I mean? Uh, even if the leaves were or the bark was a different color, it still in some way or other makes me think of Earth or, you know, what we see here. Uh, are, is it, does it look foreign enough for you? Or because it's like when you go to Microsoft and you see the pine trees, right? It's like, you know, I think about Earth. Um, I don't know if you can fast forward, but that part that when they were inside the crater, those. Well, that was look, in the crater. I'm not talking about those. Those did look a little out yeah, there. They said look, they went for the no, spooky those look. look. Like, those look like something like uh, <clears throat> I'm expecting Gollum to pop up on uh, yeah. I don't know for some reason, but yeah, the the rest of it. Uh, well, I mean, I, I'm not a tree expert, so a tree. Uh, you see one tree, uh, you see a dozen trees. To, 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 to me, yeah. so I, I'm not that picky about about trees in this one. Yeah. But I can see how someone who who who, who may may know something about trees, like the well, oak trees, right? Well, let me, what, what, let me what go back because Jade mentions a point here. She says, "Well, Microtech was terraformed, and I know I know we're using right. the word terraformed. I get it, but they're they're but they're all pine trees. They're they're still pine trees, and I guess." And, I, and, and so I shouldn't have used Microtech as a, a point of reference because if we want to go with terraformed, I get it. But I am saying, like to Fast Cart's point, the stuff in the crater looked very somewhat alien. alien. Yeah. Alien. Versus yeah. when they. So, the, <laughs> so I, I think that the point that Jade is making, though, is that um, when they came in with their big terraformers, they changed the atmosphere of the planet that was microtech to be more oxygen carbon based like right right was, right they 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 changed it so it could sustain life without that and then they had an accident and messed up the core right. or whatever and so it got really cold but the trees are planted and it would make sense that you know you make an atmosphere similar to earth on a planet with gravity similar to earth with light exposure similar to earth right the trees are going to be more earth like you, you would probably be able to plant earth trees on it yeah Okay. Like unless the soil is completely like silicate-based or whatever. I get it from Microtech. So these, I do, but I was just getting curious. These planets, these planets haven't been terraformed though. Right. So uh, supposedly, I, I think there I, was some terraforming was like a, they tried to do. That's what gar that golden well, whatever joint was was trying yeah, to do. Yeah, because <clears throat> yeah, uh, Horizon systems because they tried yeah. to terraform ter or Pyro Six. Or at least there's a terraformer around Pyro 6. So what right. they did, it, it kind of, like, my understanding of the lore of the system that I've read is kind of like somebody might have tried to terraform several of the planets. So that might be why there's atmospheres on planets that we wouldn't expect there to be from just a straight, like, hypothetical scientific approach of looking at where they are based on where they are in their, their green zone or their proximity to the star. They wouldn't have them, and mm -hmm. yet they do. So it could be that someone came through and tried to secretly terraform this place, mm. and it may be more habitable than we expect. Than we think. Mm -hmm. But I mean, like you're saying, right here in this in this crater mm -hmm. area, the things... That looks spooky. Like, I mean, creepy. The rock I mean, formations, everything say, looks weird. You say they look, they look <clears throat> alien, but I've seen, I've seen this kind of... Yeah, Basically, I mean, there's some the desolate stuff, stuff that you can Earth. see. Yeah, I mean, but it yeah. does give me, yeah, it, so it has an unearthly feel a little bit more than that tree. And I was only referring to the new trees that they showed us with the new tech, right? 
Those are the ones that okay. kind of got me a little bit. When they showed the other ones earlier that were calcified and stuff, those didn't bother me. But those other ones were just kind of right. like a little bit too too earthy for me. But that's just my weird self. One thing I'm, I wanted to mention on for Power Four, you were talking about the, the, the very beginning of the video, she mentioned the, the, the Scottish Highland. So it seemed like to me the hills were alive with the sound of music. But it's not Scottish. It's Austrian. Austrian. Oh my are, God. Those, those, those rock formations, that, that, that's an. They're I, very I, cool. I the, 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 the whole system of pyro seemed like, uh, seemed to be good for racing to me. Like, you can make a race track out of, out of, out of, out of any place in, in, in this system, it seems like. They could be. Um, yeah, yeah, those rock formations are unique. Um, again, I'm I'm curious is what's the what's they're building a big playground. What do they want us to play? You know, that's the thing. Yeah, you know, it's, true. it's obvious it's there. Well, it's well, got a reason. It's not just there because it looks good. But you know, what's going to happen? Yeah. What kills me about these these rock formations is they they look at rock formations on Earth and they think, oh, well, we can do that on these planets. But like, a lot of the rock formations on Earth see all the rock formations on Earth that weren't man made were carved out by water. Right. Right. This right. Right. Look, doesn't have water. Right. right. Yeah. To have been covered in water. Speaking of yeah. moist eyes, made the big, made the big donut out there. Yeah, you know. It's yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. That's, right? that's because of underwater currents. That's uh, what shapes uh, that. No, Doctor Moody, it's like, the wind. The wind did it. The wind did it. Yes, the wind. How do we not know that? How do we not know? Really hydrated. Really, really hydrated wind is called a current. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so CIG, what they did for Pyro 5 when they did this video is they didn't do Pyro 5, they did one of the moons. So we're going to take a quick look at that, okay? This one is Pyro 5C. Similar to Pyro 4, you can see that it has a landmark that you can see from space. In this case, it's not a crater, but it's like, yeah, like a long streak of um, slick obsidian. So let's fly down to the surface of the streak and have a look what it looks like from up close. Again, no loading screen. Uh, we start with like the global height map <laughs> where um, there's there's like a, a little bit People of a bump a up and then it goes down to form um, the crack and then we scatter um, the ecosystem uh, height maps on top to get the look that we want. So if we go down here, you can see we start with like flatland shapes, some smaller craters, and then uh, it transitions into like these quite spiky looking uh, rock formation, uh, mountain formations. And then down here, they feather into like these longer ridges of bedrock before it becomes smooth down here. And if we jump to this point, which is a really cool spot because like the sun just hits the obsidian in the mm. right way and everything looks like nice and shiny. Um, you can see here that the ground looks quite different from other planets. So instead of soil, it's, it's yeah, it, it almost looks artificial in a way. Acid-wise, we're using one of our obsidian sets that you can also find on Stanton 4. Um, this one got a bit of an update, a bit of polish, uh, so we improved the shapes, uh, different textures just to make it look extra cool, like the way the sunlight uh, hits um, these surfaces. To make this area a bit more interesting, we decided to add some of these white 
uh, light gray shrubs just so the area doesn't feel too samey and it's always nice to have like the occasional pocket of vegetation to set the obsidian biome apart from the rest of the planet we went with the opposite route for these biomes here so instead of being uh, shiny and slick they are more dry um, covered in dry sand um, the vegetation is dry we added some of these spiky shapes to add some verticality to the scattering but yeah outside the obsidian crack this is what you will find on the planet most of the time so this go-to point i picked to show some of the subtle color that we added to pyro 5c so the obsidian crack is like kind of just dark gray black um, the desert i just showed is also light gray so we felt this needed a bit uh, a bit of a color breakup so we added some of these red hues to uh, the occasional biome it's very rocky you also find the the red sand on the rocks from the biome accumulation and it looks really nice how how the red uh, creeps up into the crevices of the height maps in the background okay <clears throat> one of the things I'm, I'm i am very much impressed with is the uh skybox um the further we get out on these moons and planets just so you guys will know pyro 5 and again this is from uh star citizen tools uh they said that pyro 5 this is one of the moons <clears throat> the pyro 5 is a massive yellow and green gas giant that's slowly pulling pyro 4 into its Enjoy, orbit yeah. the poor hydrogen mix in its upper atmosphere makes it less ideal for a refueling spot so they decided to show us the moon around there. Doc, any thoughts about uh, Pyro 5C? Um, that's, um, <laughs> I got something. Yeah, go for it. I, I was watching this. I don't know why it just clicked in for, for this particular um, moon, but you know, people often ask why the game taking so long. Stuff like this is why the game is taking so long, and not in a bad way. It looks amazing, and I can't wait to, to experience it. But yes, they're doing a good job with these moons and planets. Yeah, I mean, the more diversity, biodiversity that they can get in-game, the better. And if that means making a moon, an obsidian moon, then go for it. And like, like Jay, it just got one strip. We, we we need we need some some frozen moons that are like seventy percent water like Europa or um, mm. Come on, you just want to you, you just want to imagine yourself in, in, in a Disney cartoon, right? Enceladus <laughs> singing that no, one song. I mean, as a former submariner, no, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I just. I, I I like I like the way that it looks. I like the obsidian landscape. I like the the. I mean, that just that to me to me with a little bit of geology that I understand. It's just like smacks of active volcanism in the past, yeah. where this this moon at some point was basically a lava world, and now it is cooled. So maybe it's moving slightly further out from its orbit of Pyro Five, and it's 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 coalescing and cooling down. So it's getting more of this fixed, less magma surface and then we see all this obsidian that just glints in the sun yeah there's 
Sorry. I would want to try to pick up a, a, an obsidian rock and, and like and have it, it sit in my arm, um, my office, and my, my merchantman or my endeavor, just to like you know marvel at it and remember I was there. Well, you know, it's interesting. Yeah. It's interesting that you mentioned it though, Fast Cart, because they are dropping a lot of hints toward different raw material, you know, minerals and resources that are out these places. So, you know, is this going to become, you know, the industrialist haven to a certain degree to be a reason to go to Pyro, right? Um, you know, right. we've always talked about the trading and all that, but I've never really given much thought to whether or not this is going to be the place where we land to do mining to a certain degree. You know, I thought about the yeah, belt. I, well. I, mm -hmm. I think, I think that it'll have lots of hand mineables and small ship mineables mm -hmm. on all the planets and stuff on Pyro. Yeah. And like they were saying in that that ISC a couple of weeks ago, where they made that golden crystal for the hand crystal mining. Mm -hmm. Like they will, they will very likely make their own individual mining crystals for yeah. pyro yeah. that are worth more because, mm -hmm. like I said, I mean it's it's riskier to go there and it's harder to go there because you know. Even getting, like, just looking at the map, getting from the the Stanton jump point mm -hmm. to Pyro 4 is at least 8, 9 AU. <laughs> Jeez. Like, like it's it's not it's not like it's a short it's distance not a across and a jump. The, yeah so I mean, right. you know you're showing up you're showing up with your your buddy's liberator and your your prospector and maybe somebody's hall a or hall b to carry the goods from the prospector back to wherever your refineries yeah. are and maybe you came in with a few expanses and they're kind of parked off in the deep space so you just show up to them and load your cargo over and start refining there mm -hmm. and then make your way to rune station or maybe go back through the pyro stanton jump point to go mm -hmm. sell it at a tdd or a refinery station somewhere yeah. and make the big money but i mean it's it's gonna be I hope it's it's going to be it's going to be cost and timely, and you know it's it's not going to be like like how we just go to the air and halo right now and you you use barely any fuel and you float around and you pick up 500k worth of quantum and you go refine it and you know that's what you did for that half hour <laughs> like yeah. it, it should take longer but it should pay more it pay. should be it should definitely be more profitable mm -hmm. and even even like when the whole sea comes in maybe one of the only trade routes that'll be viable will be getting water or buying ice from trust uh, yeah. and taking it to ruin station and like you need to be even though it's just ice you know you're buying it for one uec and selling it for five uec like that's a mm -hmm. huge markup with four thousand scu of cargo yeah. but with uh Mary, with uh you, you, you just gave me flashback to ice pirates i, 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 yeah. I, I can just imagine that in star citizen now <laughs> Well, I mean, it's gonna happen. Like somebody's gonna be flying their ice, you know, and it's gonna be valuable. I mean, it won't be as valuable as gold, but it might be very valuable to Pyro at some point. Yeah. There's no water, and you have to bring it in. Mm -hmm. Like it's worth thirty or forty S U E C a unit instead of just two or three. Like, mm -hmm. like the, ice could become a huge thing. Moving water could become a huge thing, and I think that's the route you're gonna have to find to make the whole sea viable, anyways. And any of the bigger any of the big ships, that. yeah, for sure. Citizen yeah. shenanigans, thank you for that gift sub to his divine shadow. Also, I think you gave one to uh, Malkiri. He gave, he gave and, three. Yeah, and one to Cyprus. So thank you for that. And chaos, thank you for that follow. Chaos Andy, thank you for that follow. We gotta hit our last one here. Uh, intri intriguing one, Pyro Six. Pyro 6 is the best one. We're going to end our showcase today on Pyro 6. 
Pyro 6 has a very interesting color palette. Like I really like the yellows and the pale um, beige tones of the terrain. And then you have another blue ocean. Um, as you can see, the terrain is kind of uh, ridden by craters. And we get these really cool shapes where the ocean fills in those craters. If we jump all the way down to the edge of one of those craters. Um, so now we're at the edge of one of those craters. I'm jumping in game right now just to show you what it feels like walking along here. Um, you can see that we added some dramatic looking uh, coral shapes and then eventually you walk down here towards one of those craters that's filled with water. We have a couple of floating meshes here on the left. Um, this is still work in progress. So uh, one of us, probably me, has to go in and uh, yeah, adjust the settings of the spawning here. And then we're right at the edge. And I really like the, the color of the water mm. and how it looks that against looks great. The, the backdrop of the white chalky terrain. Then over here, I want to introduce you to our human scale ref mesh. Uh, his name <laughs> is Rüdiger. Um, and he's super helpful when we set up object presets because you can immediately see how the scale of assets feel um, when you have him in situation, like he adds context to the, to the scene. He spawns every time that object preset spawns and yeah, he helps us um, find the right values uh, when it comes to the scale of our assets. In general, this biome here is another good example of how our oh. ground textures work together with the assets that we put on top. So the transition is really nice from this ground texture to this one. Um, and then we have like the same rock set on both of them. Yeah. I am very happy to be here! It makes for like a nice amount of detail on the ground. Then occasionally we spawn some of these spider-looking um, ground cover meshes. So this spot here is really nice because you get like the particles, um, the monochromatic terrain, the acids, um, and it's all against the backdrop of the skybox of the pyro system, which is red. Then we get like some really cool looking sunbeams coming through the, uh, the volumetric clouds here. And then if I turn the sun and we make this uh, dark and I jump in game, you can see how drastically the, the skybox impacts the lighting um, when you're on the dark side of the planet. And the skybox is just, yeah, it looks, it looks really gorgeous. <clears throat> so this is the skybox for the entire pyro system. So you will see it. Um, on every single pyro planet. It's just that pyro 6 has like a very thin atmosphere, so you see it well here. Okay. <clears throat> pyro 6, a protoplanet, suffers little damage from pyro's distant star, the outmost planet in the pyro system. This subdwarf would be unremarkable if it were not the home of Ruin Station. Populated by, populated by pyro's only permanent inhabitants. Though the station's lineage was originally unclear, 
and is today often referred to as being secretive or conspiratorial, it is now known that it has began life as the Gold Horizon terraforming base, but was abandoned when it became clear that there was no reasonable terraformation to be had in Pyro or nearby star systems. Uh, yeah, Doc, what do you think about Pyro 6? Um, I, I like Pyro 6 because it's it's the it's a little planet that could I guess no I mean it it has, <laughs> it has that very dramatic um, biome shifts across it it's it's covered in in impact craters like a world out that far probably would be um, like it, it it you can tell that it it earned its its planetary moniker by by clearing the space around it by taking them all on a chin mm-hmm. like I don't know it's. Like that, just that that last part of this video where we see the the night sky basically, mm-hmm. it's just, mm-hmm. like that's just it's alien enough that, yeah. that it's <laughs> it's it's great. It's just it's like you know, it's like when I was younger, we had huge fires roll through the part of Texas that I lived in. These huge prairie mm-hmm. brush fires, and at night, the with all the smoke in the sky and then the fire lighting up mm-hmm. the areas around it. It looked kind of like that, where it's just like you know a, a big burning fire all at night, all night and yeah. just constant light dancing around. It was great, and yeah. I, I think I think I like I like that. I like that. Uh, yeah. FC, you seem to be impressed with what we're looking at right now. The uh, the water, you seem to the water, yeah. Like that. Out of out of all the places we've seen so far tonight, that that one looked the most formidable. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm really looking forward to. You guys have always heard me joke about this all the time about critters. But I am looking forward to <laughs> what life forms they decide to allow occupy some of these places. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I am I'm very curious as and whether or not those life forms also lend themselves to some form of trade or gameplay when you know when it's all said and done. I mean, it's great to see them swimming. I know they just recently showed us fish, but uh, yeah, I mean, fist to face jokes around about walking near the shore and some tentacle comes out. You know, if you get too close or something, you know. I mean, I. <laughs> I am curious to see what CIG will come up with for these different systems that we're in. But you're right, Doc. uh, That skybox is amazing. It it gives you that big picture of what Pyro looks like. I think that was, it looks great. Yeah, it it really sells that you're in a different system. Mm -hmm. Like, like Stanton Stanton is not incredibly similar to Soul, Mm -hmm. but being in Stanton, being on the planets, like, you know, it's there and it it acts like we call the sun. Like, I mean, it's like, it, it's not it's not overly bearing on all the planets it's fine it progresses enough light you know mm-hmm. it's there but it's not it's not like dying and it's not like in the end of its life slowly breaking apart spinning parts of itself out into the deep right and it just looks like the sky is on fire at nighttime it's just you know it's very cool very very cool yeah okay well listen we just referenced ruin station now this is the concept art we know the cig has shown us recently guys um some other configurations for space stations, right? We don't know if that's Ruin Station. Right. We've seen concept art. We've seen some actual in-game footage too. Um, and I'm, I'm curious to know what you think. Do you think that, you know, we know Ruin Station is the one established location. CIG has hinted that there will be other places where you can stop. We don't know where those are, but we do know this is out by Pyro 6. Um, Ruin Station is considered an outlaw station populated by Pyro's uh, permanent and only permanent inhabitants, originally built by the Gold Horizon to serve for housing terraforming workers and engineers, researching the possibility of terraforming Pyro 3, 
It was only in use by the company for a short time before the planet was sold to sold to Pyrotechnic, Algamated. Even though Gold Horizon uh, was selling the station for a cut rate, they failed to find a buyer and it was abandoned along with any hopes of earning a profit from the desolate uh, system. And we've seen, again, artwork of the marketplaces, things like that that are in this station. This station dock is also supposed to be kind of being fought over, right, by different gangs, even though Zeno is one of the more right. popular gangs here, right? And we're going to talk about those gangs in a couple minutes. Any thoughts on that? Um, yeah, well, just, just I think that, that the pyro system's description itself is going to be retconned to an extent, because, like this says, this is the only permanent population, but there are six gangs, seven gangs? Mm-hmm. They don't all live on on Rune Station. Right. They, they fight over Rune Station. That means they have bases of operations somewhere in the system. Mm-hmm. Are they other? Are they other space stations? Are they settlements on the ground? Are they crashed ships like we see coming in the derelict settlements that we're seeing coming into the Stanton system now? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm guessing it's it's going to be a mixture of all of those things. There'll probably be some that have a space station around another planet or at a Lagrange point that's not on the maps that you just have to find and go to to get there. And then you know, but but I mean the the long and short of it is that that ruined station is like the crown jewel. It's where it's where whoever has been able to you know affect the most influence in the system, they're able to control it and keep the lights on. And it it really and when you see all the all the lore all the the pieces of it that we've seen where like there's just cable power cables running in the overhead that mm-hmm. are exposed as they run to certain areas and there are lights in areas and like some areas that are all glassed out in the R and R stations all that glass is shattered in one layer and so it's just like raining down and the 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 environmental systems are breaking so there's too much humidity so it's kind of raining in some areas of the space station as you walk through it yeah. like it's it, and it's and like i'm saying it's the it's the it's the prize of the station so these other places these people are living can't be much better than that and probably worse right. which is why they would want to take over ruined station right. like it has to be an improvement to where they are but right. i mean yeah i mean to that end i'm i'm expecting there to be tons of points of interest on the planets and moons i yeah. mean i just i can't imagine you know five or six gangs worth of people all being just on like pyro six around ruined station mm-hmm. trying their turn to take it over like, you know, some of them have to be on Pyro 3 and Pyro 2 and all those places. So, And yeah. that's a part of the discovery exploration side for us, right? I mean, they've given us a base right. of where folks are at it. But like you said, where they're going to be scattered in that system, whether it's a cave, whether it's a surface base, you know, that they build makeshift, whatever it is, we'll find out in time. Veskart, I know you've, you've joked around about whether how far you'll dabble in Pyro, uh, but right. Doc, Doc mentioned some good points. There's a lot of stuff that you are interested in as a trader that will be valuable. There'll be reasons to go there. Uh, what have you thought about when it comes to being a trader going into a system like this? Cause obviously they've talked about having reputation, you know, whether a gang allows you to come into an area, is there anything that you would like to sell as a trader or, or would you would like to trade? Would you do something as simple as like doc said, if it's water, or are you looking to do more exotic things from other systems? What are you looking to do? Arms I'm, trading? I'm looking to do, I'm looking to do like uh, uh, use my endeavor to and my super collider to modify component and and t- selling them to to whoever can afford them. That, that's what I'm looking forward for to. But I probably will need some materials from some place like Pyro or some uh, uh, some other places. So I'll probably be um, investing and in, and in buying 
ingredients or, or what have you, material from, from, from Pyro, but without actually, I would have, I would have, I'll probably have them delivered to, to me someplace safe rather than <laughs> going directly there to, to pick them up. Mm-hmm. Okay. And John, I, I see, go ahead. I see Pyro, I see Pyro as, like I was saying, like, like Christmas morning, basically, like, like, like I was saying, I get a whole C, I load it up with ice from all over the Stanton system. I pay one to two UEC a unit. So I'm, I'm cheap, 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 cheap load. Mm-hmm. I take it in. I sell it all through the pyro system because maybe they can't buy all 4,000 SCU at Rune Station. Mm-hmm. I sell as much of it as I can. I double or whatever my money, hopefully better than that. Now, now I have an empty cargo ship in an empty station in an empty planetary system mm-hmm. right so what is going to be available in pyro that that we would think of could be valuable well you could buy stolen goods mm-hmm. you know like like that cargo ship that made the run through and got hit and all of its goods got taken off i mean sure rune station bought all that laranite for 20 mm-hmm. you know 20 cents on the dollar but are they going to sell it to me for like 40, 50 cents on the dollar? They're going to make a, a profit off of it, right. but it's still stolen. So they're not going to make a full profit off of it. But now I've got it. Mm-hmm. A, I'm going through a jump point. I have plenty of time to make it look like I mined it or collected it or whatever, how I got mm-hmm. it legitimately. And I'm legitimate enough that I can go sell it in, in Stanton and make bank off of it. Mm-hmm. So like having, having reputation is going to be very important. And as reputation system iterates, we'll see it more and more in Stanton already, where, you know, if you have a bad reputation, you can get attacked by security. But if you have a good reputation with certain pirates, go to their stations and trade with them and buy and sell things and be a fence, a middleman in a way, right? Mm-hmm. You, you know, you, you go in and get the product for cheap that they stole from maybe your competition that tried to make a route that you bid it on you didn't oh. make. Like, mm-hmm. you can still make you can still make money off of it. You might have even sold out that cargo ship's, you know, manifest and route. And now you're coming in later after the pirates have hit it and taken it and you're buying that cargo for cheap Mm. and going back and selling it at full price or full full profit. So, yeah, I mean, like Pyro's, Pyro is just an amazing bed and it's going to be a new chapter of the of the sandbox test bed where yeah, they're, gonna have to, they're gonna have to keep adding new and new features for us to try in the low sec area so i mean all this is coming so yeah. it's just you know, I, will, I, will, I will tell you this i am looking forward to making the pyro the pyro run in 12 parsecs so yeah. look forward to that well i will tell you this you know to you guys point don't underestimate that some of the most simplest things could have value in that system I don't, I don't yeah, care if it's, yeah. if it's nothing yeah. but the freaking freaking fruit smoothie drinks. You, you never know. Right. We'll have to see <laughs> what it is. And to Doc's point, there are those things that are stolen or maybe certain exotics or things that don't like, for example, the obsidian. We don't have anything right. with obsidian in Stanton right now. Maybe we'll find out later on that obsidian is needed for manufacturing and something that they may introduce mm-hmm. later. So, you know, all options are open, guys. Don't get hung up on quantitative is what I'm saying. You never know what the value mm-hmm. of stuff's going to be when it comes down to an economy. Let's take a break. Um, we're gonna move into the final thing, which is the, the the other threats, the threats that people have talked about, maybe some of them that they don't know about beyond Xeno threat. But before we do that, time for a giveaway. We got a giveaway coming up. Giveaway. So let's do another giveaway. We are going to do our third giveaway. We've already done two giveaways. For those of you who got here a little later, uh, we're gonna do one more just for you. We're, well, actually we're gonna do two more just for you. Uh, we have been giving away a set of these uh, Star Citizen four glasses tumbler set that CIG just put out. 
Uh, they go for value of $50, and we are giving those out to a lucky, lucky winner today. And so, Fast Cart, we're going to change the um, the special Have you word. Have you got one? What you got? I, you chose Fitty last time with DDY. I'm going to choose, I'm going to choose Fitty with TTY. Fitty, Fitty with TTY. All right, y'all. Oh. Fast Cart got very imaginative there and added it, swapped out the D's <laughs> for T's. So exclamation point Fitty, because this is our 150th show. So F-I-T-T-Y. He's there you go. He's gentrifying your, your code word. F-I-T-T-Y. Exclamation point F-I-T-T-Y. The people who entered previously won't be eligible, so it still works. Yes, that's true. If you've already won, but don't don't put in for it again. You only get one winning per night for your thingy here. One win per night. Only one win per night. And congratulations again to those who did win tonight. Um... Let me, while folks are kind of keying in on this one, let me go ahead and jump to our next thing. We're going to talk about threats. And um, Doc already kind of introduced us to this. We're going to put a link in right now where we got this from. Um, CIG did a video uh, a little while ago called, it was an SCL called The Gangs of Pyro. There's the link in chat if you want to see where we got some of this information from, where they did go over four of the uh, gangs they had begun fleshing out in lore. So let's start talking about who some of these gangs are. Uh, we've got a few. We've got the ones that most of us are familiar with. We were introduced to them a couple of years ago, which is Xeno Threat. We were also introduced into, if you guys remember, Jay Lee did a drawing of this for one of the SCLs. And uh, this was for the Fire Rats. And then last but not least, uh, they also did one for, boom. Some of you are familiar with the this, Overlords. the Overlord Armor. Uh, the overlords so we want to touch on these a little bit while you guys are chiming in and hopefully you guys are in exclamation point fitty f-i-t-t-y going once going twice and sold doc murray if you would do us the honors we're going to roll it all righty and a three a two a one boom Darkness Muta, oh, Darkness, Darkness Muta. Okay. DM, are you name. out there? Yeah, we've seen Darkness Muta before. Darkness Muta, are you here? Oh, there, there you is. go. Cool. Thank there you. Congratulations, DM. Darkness Muta, make sure you drop us an email at soulcitizens with an S, soulcitizens at gmail.com. This is going to be mailed out to you, so we will need a mailing address, all the good stuff, name, all that good stuff. Drop it into us and we will get that out to you expeditiously. The four glass set of Star Citizen drinking glasses, $50 value. So that's 150 bucks worth of glassware we gave out, Doc, if you want to believe that or not. You know, 150 yeah. bucks of glasses. But we are. Yeah. Well, I, have, the handling. <laughs> I have no reason to not believe it unless you want your couch. <laughs> Just glassware, right? That's a, that's a ship. 150 bucks is a ship. Right, right. Right. Yeah. Depending on, on who, you, who you talk depending to. Depending on who you talk to. Yeah. Disco Ninja, by the way, thank you for the follow also earlier. We did see you come in. Uh, so, speaking of 150 and a ship, uh, the next giveaway we're going to do will be for a ship. We're going to give away a Drake Vulture. Uh, nice. as, as soon as uh, we're done, we're almost at the end here. We're going to cut through these folks and then we're going to do it. Uh, so let's talk about these three groups that we've got up here on the screen. Uh, first, Xeno Threat. Right. We were introduced to them just recently. They're a human terrorist faction that voices hardline, anti-alien, anti-corporate, and revolutionary views. They've been particularly active in response to the passing of the Human Gion Trade Initiative. 
Hula, Huxa. I guess that's right, Huxa. Thank you, Huxa. Thank you, Huxa. Doc. By the United Empire of Earth, the UEE, in the Xi'an Empire. Though the group predates its passage, they are the current controlling power on Ruin Station in Pyro and engage in piracy. And we've been having them engage with us over at Mikael One and doing Xeno Threat and stuff. So you guys kind of know the background on them. Doc, you got any thoughts and about Xenos? They have a lot of interest. It's, it's, yes. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It, it's also, it's also very surprising that they get their interest through the medium jump point from Pyro to Stanton. But, mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, Xeno Threat is. They use hacks. They use hacks. Yeah. Xeno Threat is Xeno Threat. I mean, <laughs> they're, the, the hey, name is, be here. the name is a label. You know, the label's on the name. Like, it's, mm-hmm. they tell you what they're about. They come in, they cause trouble, we blow them up, they go back. <laughs> sometimes sometimes they win, sometimes they don't. Yeah. Um, you know, but Doc, they, to your point, I'm curious as to what's going to happen when we're on their turf, right? It's one thing that they come into Stanton, but what happens oh, exactly. when we go into Pyro, right? Um, I, I, kind of, I kind of expect them to operate like... Um, Trying to think of a paramilitary group that's not the Taliban, uh, and we'll go with the Taliban in Afghanistan, mm-hmm. where they're they're kind of in charge of what we call Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. Because the Taliban are in charge of that, the, the, mm-hmm. and it's really just a conglomeration of tribes. Right. We don't get into politics. Um, Pyro is the same way, though. In a way, it's it's like it's an unconfederated space. Mm-hmm. It's got a bunch of different tribes slash gangs mm-hmm. that have their own interests. They serve themselves. They look out for themselves. They police their own areas, which goes back to the idea of the gangs being spread out around Pyro, mm-hmm. having little little areas where they operate out of. Um, I would just think that. I think a Xeno threat, like, I think when you go through the jump point in the pyro, if you see a military, quasi-paramilitary presence there, it's probably going to be Xeno threat. Right. They're the ones who are going to be trying to, like, stabilize the jump point into the system because they have, they're in charge of, you know, Rune Station right now, and that's the main trade hub, and there's a lot of credits to be made by operating there. So it'll be in their best interest to serve kind of as the peacekeepers police of the area. So like if you go into Afghanistan, you start causing trouble, the Taliban will eventually show up and act like a police force, even Mm -hmm. though a lot of us consider them to be just straight terrorists. So I kind of think of them to be like that that regional government of the area. Mm -hmm. And it's supposed to change throughout time where the other gangs will get enough power and they will take ruined station and they they will fight directly against xeno threat and then they take over and i'm sure we'll see that happen multiple times throughout the development of the project but i mean as it is now we expect xeno threat to be basically you know they're going to be kind of the law i I wouldn't want to call them peacekeepers because that's probably not what they do but you know general idea of that's what they do is they they kind of try to keep a set of laws that they live by right then Everybody kind of falls in line with that. Griffin, uh, uh, real quick, your, your question got me thinking. Maybe we could use them as a practice for Operation Pitchfork when, when we go in. <laughs> nah, I ain't comparing them so? to no Vanduul. No way. They okay, uh, so? get that no way. <laughs> no, okay, it'd be Operation Pitchfork light. Can we just call that Operation Fork? Yeah, because they are nowhere Operation near Fork. the Vanduul. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, let me ask you this fast card. In Star Wars Galaxies, sometimes you'd be playing the game and you would get a Imperial fleet, NPCs, 
that would come in and land in an area where the rebellion was and an NPC NPC fight would break out and players could actually engage in it. Do you think that to Doc's point, you could have something like that where maybe in Ruin Station, there's an NPC fight that literally starts, right? And you've got reputation with somebody. Maybe you're sitting there with Zeno and you've got reputation with them. And then next thing you know, the NPC fire rats show up. You know, mm. do you think that they'll, because Doc's right, they do say that the power is going to shift from gang to gang from time to time. Do you think that they may do something in real time that that could happen? Because they've implemented it in games in the past. It could be a mission. Like, um, yeah. but I'm talking about something more yeah. spontaneous. I'm talking about something that more happens that's much more organic than just, like I said, when those Imperials okay. showed up in galaxies, you didn't know when it was going to happen. Mm -hmm. It just would happen. Yeah, it could be, like, it could be one of those, uh, I, 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 I forget, I forget the word, but one of those um, surprise missing that comes up. Oh, dynamic, a dynamic, a dynamic mission. Dynamic mission, yeah. That's, yeah, yeah. That's right. not, not, not something that's permanent, but something that, that like an event that happens when, whenever they decide that there's enough gang on one side versus the other side to mm. have a class yeah. or you know oh, or if you decide gameplay but if you if, yeah. if you decide to not not pick a side you could be you could be like the, the two droids going in between the, the gunfight with lasers and, and bullets going going all, all around you mm -hmm. yeah yeah okay all right let's talk about the but next there's one always, mm -hmm. there's always that one thing to remember when you're you're being neutral in a total war. Is one of those parties is gonna win? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like, sometimes you gotta pick. But yeah, I mean, to that point, that's what I think. I think like you know, you show up at Rune Station and maybe the Overlords are attacking or the Dust Rats or whatever mm -hmm. are there, and like you have to choose: Do I just try to get in here and park and keep my basically neutral mm -hmm. rep with all of the parties so I can I can safely move around the system basically and not worry too much? Yeah. And you know like carry a big stick walk softly strategy or do you come in and you start fighting off whoever's attacking whoever's in charge of the station so yeah. you get in their good graces so you can get those better deals or whatever like it's going to be a lot of mental calculus and that's it's good stuff that's what it's supposed to be great it is so. good stuff well these are the fire rats uh the fire rats is an outlaw pack headquartered and ruin station also in the pyro system they are currently trying to wrestle the control of ruin station from xenothreat Fire rat ships uh, liveries are red and orange. I listened to them talk about the fire rats. And they were trying. You know, they were. This is one of those ones where they're just kind of bouncing things off the wall for you know beginning the lore for these groups. But it was interesting that they came up with the fire rats as almost being like, uh, like the lost orphans. You know, these are some folks that mm -hmm. got maybe stranded or something, and they're basically trying to survive. And you know, over time, they've kind of created their own little clan with their own rules and stuff. Uh, I think it's going to be interesting to find out. Uh, what is it going to take to come become in good graces with these people? Maybe it's not just trading. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. um, maybe there is a, you talk to the lead of this gang and that lead tells you, I need you to go do a job. You know what I mean? Or maybe it's that they are going to do a hit and you need to be able to assist in that. Or anytime you see somebody who's of this clan, take them out or assassination missions. There's a lot of different things that they could come up with for us to do as players to gain reputation. Uh, but then at the same time, you gain rep with one, you lose rep with another, which is mm -hmm. like Doc said, you got to do a lot of calculus on uh, making sure you're talking <laughs> to the right people at the right time, right? Okay. And last but not so, least, so it's go, good ahead. To, go ahead. Uh, with, the, with, the, with the fire rats, so I, I think of the fire rats as like, because they're, they're supposedly also on Ruin Station. So they're just kind of like an underclass to the, mm -hmm. the Xeno threats. 
is how they, it sounds like they're treated and they're trying to they're trying to take a revolt and take over ruin station but i think i don't think it would be odd if if the narrative team retconned that and pulled them off and put them on another Mm. <laughs> settlement somewhere where they were trying to take over Ruin Station instead of mm-hmm. being on Ruin Station trying to you know yeah. fight from within sleeping sleep in mean, the ventilation system or whatever they're at yeah, I, <laughs> I don't I don't know how hard it would be to turn off the air to certain areas of a space station <laughs> where you have I mean if you're if you're a paramilitary illegal illicit governmental organization already mm. like yeah. Turning off the air to certain areas isn't going to be a big deal. Like, exactly. You know, what, it's, it's not like Parliament's going to frown on that, you know. Like, <laughs> okay. And last but not least, uh, the Overlords. Overlords is a group of vigilantes who are hunting criminals in the pyro system. It is unknown if they are a UEE-backed black ops team or an organized crime crew cleaning the turf. They follow a shoot first and don't bother to ask questions policy and are not on the market for hire. Very interesting. Best cart. What about these guys? What do you think? I'm looking at their armor and I think their armor is kind of overcompensating and just trying to look too tough, too mean. (laughs) So I'm wondering what what, what they're hiding. But no, other than that, um, I, I, the yellow armor doesn't do it for me, but the red armor is is pretty cool. But other than that, um, this should be, Oh, Black and thank you for the support. Thank you. What are uh, Citizen and, Shenanigans that gifted that? Sorry. Citizen Shenanigans gifted oh, everybody for our thank 150th. You. Thank you, Citizen. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Yeah, so the, the Overlords, uh, I don't have much more to, to say about them. Um, outside of Nine Tails, and, and I think we interacted with them the least, as opposed to the Pirates and the um, and the Geno Threat, right? Well, let's look at them this way. They're not a gang, per se. They are, this is under yeah. the category of threats. What are the things that you right. coming into the game have got to worry about? Because uh, again, people worry about piracy and stuff, but some of this has nothing to do with piracy, right? And so, mm-hmm. like you said, yeah. this is more of a vigilante professional hit squad, basically, to a certain degree. Yeah, this is, you know? This is an organization of Batman wannabes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, so they, they could be, they could, they could offer a bounty hunter mission to, to, to want right. to get back with them. Right. And, yeah. and I, I think that the way the lore set up is they probably will be offering bounty hunter missions taking place in Pyro. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Where they operate out of is a secret. Yep. I guarantee they have some location, though, that they mm-hmm. operate out of. This is the, the way that their gang is described is kind of what my, my end game main goal of gameplay loops wants to be mm-hmm. when the game gets to that point where i've always been like well i mean i want to do like pirate hunting where i just go in with a small battle group and mm-hmm. we operate in a in a contested system and we fight and fight and fight until we clear up the area and then we move on to somewhere else like you know i i just think that's because you know that gives you that whole somebody to fight and nobody minds if you blow them up yeah kind of <laughs> but i i like the overload armor um they gave us but like six sets of it yeah. but the when they gave it to us they said that there was a caveat that if you're caught wearing it in pyro it's like a shoot on site <laughs> armor uh, oh yeah yeah that's gang, true i forgot about that <laughs> because they just they basically just show up and kick the shit out of everybody and then go home so <laughs> that's pretty funny if somebody doesn't know that <laughs> when everybody's yeah. shooting at them when they walk in the bar right everybody in the bar stops and just starts unloading i, just, I love it Hey, I'm walking here. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> so there was one other gang, guys. We don't have a visual for them, and that gang happens to be the 
dark side rovers. Uh, again, we don't have any uh, any graphic for them, so I don't know what their stuff looks like, but they are also an outlaw pack headquartered supposedly at Ruin Station. And, like, and Doc, I want to emphasize something you said earlier. This was all preliminary in the early days of writing their lore. They, we may find that these people, like more than likely, have bases set up on these various planets or moons that we've talked about that they're operating off. But the conflict happens at Rune Station because that's the place that they're right. trying to dominate. Because obviously, the station is a critical point, uh, being the one big orbital station. But again, we'll have to see. CIG has a lot of license and latitude right. with where they can go with this stuff. Um, let's stop here. We've got some questions. We're running a little late tonight, but we're going to try and hit these questions very quickly. Um, Shimpasta asks, when Pyro comes out, how do you think the Star Citizen community will respond when they realize <laughs> light fighters will be useless without a support group mm. some people will cry and say saying i want my money back some people will no. go, go ahead and upgrade uh, uh, upgrade to a, to, a, to a bigger to a bigger ship and some people just say i'll just i'm just gonna avoid pyro no matter what yeah well i don't think it's just think, pyro too shimpasta go ahead doc i think uh i think the best thing to do would be cig in creates a new type of mining gameplay called salt mining <laughs> and you carry it across pyro and sell it to everybody because that's where salt is needed this no, is... i mean light fighter light fighter meta has been on a timer since it started mm -hmm. um mm. the, the people the people that are informed that pay attention to all this stuff are well aware of that and they're there there is a contingent of pvp players who hate the light fighter meta who are waiting for pyro where you know suddenly the vanguard is the best ship again like right. for fighting where you know the defender makes sense to, to have those big spindly arms that break off too easily, but its range makes it where it's way right. way too viable to not use it. And the light fighter meta will will go to the carrier <laughs> meta. And exactly. the carrier meta will move from there. And once armor comes in, then all of that will shift again. So, I mean, I think anybody who thinks that they can buy an arrow two years ago and always have the meta ship isn't paying attention yeah. and the wake up call is coming and they will i mean they'll complain about it of course they will but i don't see like i said cig might add the ability to take off missiles and add fuel pods to give you some more range mm -hmm. but i really don't i don't see any way that an arrow is going to traverse yeah. pyro yeah. without let, multiple multiple fuel stops yeah let me say this shimpasta because doc said this earlier when he talked about you know pyro the initiation of pyro automatically demands that CIG is going to have to provide certain things to us as players that maybe we haven't had for a while. But I will say this, we, we on this show have told people plenty of times that, yeah, it's, it's easy to get into the game of where it is now, but you better be also making your donations based on where the game is going to be. Um, what, mm -hmm. what ultimately is going to happen. That's difficult because that stuff's not in the game right now. Right? So, you know, it's great to talk about getting a Kraken so I could travel across, but, but right now there's no need for a Kraken, but that day is coming. So when you buy that light fighter, understand what its purpose is in the game. Right now, you may be able to hop halfway across Stanton. When you get into Nyx, you may only be able to hop one-sixth across Stanton. That's just the way it's going to be. But as long as you make yourself, like Doc said, study what the game is about. Don't get caught up in where the game is now, but also think yeah. about where the game is going to be later on. Let's get the next question here. Uh, comes oh, from... I just want to say, oh, sure. fine, you convinced me. I'll redo my fleet, okay? I'm going to redo my no, fleet. No, you don't have to do that. For you. you don't have to do that. <laughs> um, Pops in Space said, should Pyro 1 
be a good place for underground gameplay. We know we talked about that proximity dock of it being so close to, you know, right. Pyro itself, the star. Um, uh, I would think underground on Pyro 1 would still be extremely warm. Mm. I think, I mean, like I said, if Depends it's tightly on locked, if it's tightly locked, one side is massively hotter than the other side. But it's it's proximity to a star that is throwing off that much radiation, that much energy, and dying. The other side's probably pretty warm too, even though it's not light. No, it's but so Mo, you, you got that you got that go to lock zone right in the middle. You can, you can put it there. Yeah, on the on like one of the terminators, the like yeah. the terminator around the planet. <laughs> um, right. So I mean, this is this is this is what like they talked about for settling something on Mercury, for putting something on Mercury, mm. is to <laughs> find that that terminator zone where it's. It's not boiling, but it's not freezing, and your your stuff can actually just right to, to be purposeful. Yeah, and you know, that's maybe maybe that's what you use Pyro One for. I I expect Pyro One to be like something you meet up in the dark side orbit to do shady things. Shady yeah. things. That makes sense. Like, you know, you, you go there and you're like, well, OM2 is always on the dark side and there's hardly anybody there, so let's meet up there to transfer this cargo that I found on Fast Cart's BMM when he accidentally crashed it into wherever. Yeah. Nick Condor, I want to go back to something you said here. He says, um, you know, ah, 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 Dr. Murray, atmosphere evens out the temperature. I'm not sure if you were here earlier, but that was one of the <laughs> issues that Doc talked about was technically that proximity yeah. to where that's at with all that's going on, the 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 activity that comes off of the star. Technically, this, yeah. this planet should not be what they're saying it is. She, We've got some she, problems right. with it. If, <laughs> if there is an atmosphere, it would, it it would, would balance even it. out to an, to an extent. Yep. But it, it would actually, what it would cause is the atmosphere would bleed off because the, the atmosphere... If it's if it's completely like a normal atmosphere, it cycles around, and as it goes to the the star side, it gets heated and heated, and then it it sublimates until it turns into a gas or some mm -hmm. other element, and then it just leaves. And that's why that's why we were saying when Jane, when we were talking about that earlier, Jane and I were saying that it wouldn't have an atmosphere, mm -hmm. it wouldn't have a magnetic sphere. It is too close; that would have been burned off. Yeah, but yeah. it does. Yeah, so. it does. But it does. Right there, we go. Shimpas is back again. Yeah, Shimpas is back again. With will a starter ship work in Pyro, or will we have to have a ship such as a Cuddy Black size ship? Uh, I hate to tell you this, Shimpasta, a Cuddy ain't big enough. It, yeah, it's, I don't think it, Cuddy is big enough. I mean, don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. You can fly whatever ship, but Doc said this earlier. There is a logistic side to entering a, any system in general, but but in Pyro. We have to change the way we've been playing in Stanson and think about, first of all, when you go in there, you don't even know where the first fuel station is, where I can stop right. to refuel, right? So yeah. there's going to be a discovery aspect that you're going to have to determine, whether it's from talking to other players or through the grapevine or you're just your own exploration. Um, there may um, be people... So, so, yeah, go ahead, FC. So we, 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 we're thinking something like Constellation uh, of that size, of that, of that price range for, for Pyro, um, basically. I, I would think... I would think that some of the starter ships with the right quantum drives would still be largely viable in Pyro. If, if you know where you're going. In, if you know where you're going. If you know, yeah, if you yeah, know, that's a if big you know where you're going. And once the planets start moving in orbit, it's going to be completely different that's, as well. Every yeah, time you go there, yeah. you're, going to have to, you're going to have to figure it out. <laughs> because, I mean, at, at one point in time, it would be easy to get to, to mm -hmm. you know, 
pyro six since it's it's orbiting and it's right there by that jump point. The jump points don't orbit, but other times it's thirteen AU away, and you're not you're not covering that distance. And I think I think maybe the Carrick and ships that size and bigger would should be able to <laughs> traverse the system. Oh yeah, no problem. And yeah. then like the Carrick's a deep space exploration vehicle; it should be yeah. fine doing that. The Hercules should probably. I mean, they have massive fuel tanks; they yep. should be okay doing that. Yeah. And I I mean. Getting down to the the Connie MSR size ships, I would think would be like right on the edge case. Like, yeah. Depending on which quantum drive you have, depending on what you do for fuel management, you might be able to work your way across, or you might have to stop in one place or not. But yeah. I mean, ships like like the Vanguard are designed to be planetary based, long range interceptors. Long range, yeah. yeah. Yeah, there so, are. There, I know people. Go ahead. I was gonna say there are ships the CIG has. We you know they say this and it doesn't mean anything now. But there are right. ships that they've talked about that are explorer or long range ships. So the three fifteen is one. Right. Freelancer Durr is one. You know, these are they're not mm. as big as Akani, but these are ships that are supposedly able to not only scan, explore, but go a little bit further in range. And so there may be a discovery process that has to take place when we go into Pyro. Right. And then as we play the game and things become revealed on maps and people start getting data, maybe you will find that being able to get into a cutty black, I can jump to I may have to do seven jumps to get to pyro three but i can do it there's a way to do it uh -huh. but when we first go in right. it, i guarantee you we're gonna have to that's going to be a part of the exploration learning process for us as players is figuring out is that going to be like and, it's been laid out cost effective yes. when, when it comes to fuel or whatnot absolutely I but think, good question i think the next the next few iterations of fuel gameplay are going to come into it as well mm -hmm. and i think i think fuel will be more physicalized because i mean right now it exists in starfare tanks and it exists in tanks Right. that are on ships that i i don't think are actually there i think it's mm -hmm. just a space that they give it like there's not actually a fuel tank um some ships have tons of void areas that you could turn into fuel tanks some ships have huge fuel tanks already yeah. but we're talking we're talking i think the biggest ship fuel tank is the i want to say it's the hercules and it holds like 100 scu of of um, hydrogen fuel and mm -hmm. like 20 scu of quantum fuel so it's it's a ridiculously small amount as far as cubic volume goes mm -hmm. compared to the, the the volumes of the ships. The ships so there's yeah. plenty of room in most all the ships to expand their fuel tanks yeah. to to be something else. And yeah, the manual refueling is what I was talking about. Where once fuel is physicalized and you can put it in an SCU crate and load it into your cutlass, well then yeah, sure your cutlass you're gonna be able to refuel it in process. You know, mm -hmm. run out of fuel, get out, fill it up manually, and then continue. Makes would sense. be a way to do it, but not until all those those systems come and we're still waiting for them so gotcha okay all right well listen i've got to wrap it up i know we had a couple other questions guys but we are running super 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 late we're 30 minutes over tonight yeah and i gotta leave yeah. so <laughs> we're gonna do our final giveaway for the night for those of you who've hung in here tonight with us we really appreciate it we hope you have learned some cool things tonight um hopefully you have i've learned some cool things tonight uh we are going to do this final final giveaway don't forget those oh, of you who have won already don't forget, soulcitizens at gmail.com with your name and mailing information so we can get those Star Citizen drinking glasses out to you. And we're going to do our final one for the night. Uh, let's do... Okay, we'll make this one easy. Exclamation point, Vulture. Oh, exclamation <laughs> point, Vulture. We're going to be giving away a Drake Vulture. It has LTI. So... Um, yeah, if you are interested in scavenging, not scavenging, a little bit about scavenging, I mean, 
salvaging getting my words scavenging. yes scavenge, scavenging. black wings does that too he says scavenging, scavenging like yeah I'm of the two. losing yeah. my mind here salvage if the salvage career is interesting or if you've dip, dipped into it and you say wow i thought i didn't think i'd like salvage but this is a chill thing and i'm enjoying it and i'm making little credit uh then jump in exclamation point uh salvage and we are going to do that uh right now before i do that uh, don't forget, we've got uh, Soul Citizens merchandise. We've got shirts and keychains and jackets and mugs with quotes from all of the different Soul Citizens that you guys can look into. So if you're interested in that, visit uh, our links that pop up. They've been popping up for merch and stuff. And there's also stuff on our YouTube page. I mean, on our uh, Twitch page. Uh, YouTube, thank you guys for here from YouTube tonight. We really appreciate you guys helping us celebrate our 150th, 150th Fast Card uh, episode. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We're... we're we're and, and, you know what? We're right, last. You know what? We're right behind these guys. We're right behind Doc mm. Murray and them because they celebrated theirs. They're they're cleaning up over there. They're staying busy too. Uh yep. Chief, thank you for that resub. 29 months. You're gonna be an old backer, dude. You're becoming an OG around here. Okay. Are we set? Are we ready? Doc, will you get the final countdown for the Drake Vulture whenever you're ready? It's the final countdown. <laughs> oh no, don't sing it. <laughs> Oh, sorry. Right. <laughs> no, you know what? Before you count, the reason why I said don't sing is not because you're singing. It's because whenever I watch, um, whenever I see band fails, that's the song they always play. And it's like, oh, God, please stop trying to do that song. Abyssian, thank you so much. Oh, five gift subs. Thank you, Abyssian. You are amazing. Thank you. you. Thank you. Oh, God, you guys are wonderful tonight. Go ahead, Doc. Let's hear it. All right, all right, three, two, one. Boom. Black Intellect. Oh, one of our good friends, Black Intellect. Congratulations. Are you still here? If you are, Ooh. you've got a vulture. Probably another vulture for him because I'm sure he's got one already. Let's see. Is he here? Yeah, there he is. Black Intellect is here. Awesome. Congratulations. Black Intellect, don't forget, soulcitizens at gmail.com. And we will get that brand new spanking yellow vulture because I don't have any of the other paints for it. We're going to get that to you. All right. Oh, and so longhorn paint. <laughs> yeah, the longhorn paint. Yeah, we lost fast card. I don't know where he went. Hopefully he didn't crash. Oh. I see he muted in Discord. So I'm hoping he doesn't have a, a, a technical issue because that usually means his internet is acting up. All right. right. Let me uh, change the channel here to our wrap up for the night. Of course, um, thank you. I got that FC. I see who we're going to tonight. Um, our Thursday show, uh, Soul Talk, we do at 9 p.m. Eastern time, hosted by Fast Cart and anybody else he brings on board. You guys get to come to our roundtable discussion where you get to come in Discord and talk with us and talk with the community and share your thoughts about things that are going on on ISC, SCL, Machinima, and all the fun things going on in the Star Citizen community. On Saturdays at 3 p.m. Eastern is Soul Voices. That's our one-on-one -on -one conversation where you get to come in with me. I'm hosting sometimes with other folks. Sometimes the player haters are there. But you get to come and share your thoughts about things that are going on in Spectrum and Reddit and in the gaming industry. And uh, let, the, let the community hear your thoughts about Star Citizen. And then last but not least, Doc, look where we're going next week. Is Nick's Next. I try to come Nick's. up with like innovative names, but... You know, is Nick's next? Uh, people have been wondering what's coming after Pyro, right? You know, what's going to be where we're all going to go? Citizen Shenanigans, wow, you've been gifting away tonight. Thank you for Danger Hobo. Danger Hobo, thank you for that gifted sub. Um, but yeah, we're wondering, you know, I'm not, don't get me wrong, we're not trying to get ahead of ourselves. Some of us have like hoped that CIG would surprise us and drop two systems, but 
The question right, is right, right. Oh, because yeah, well, we had what we had um, Delamar, right, Doc? And and, mm-hmm. and we know they were working on Delamar. We knew they were working on the whole thing. So the question yeah, is, Levski's had a few passes. Yeah, done to it since we last saw yeah, it. we've seen Levski's mm-hmm. new layout and labs. I mean, habs and everything. It's like, oh, maybe they're going to mm-hmm. give us that. So we're going to be talking about that next week. Is Nick's next? And you know, should Nick's be next? Maybe there's some things we'll talk about in the lore there. So you guys are welcome to come back for that next week as well. And I see Fast Card has made it back, so that's good too. Um, Doc Murray, uh, tell people where they can find you. Um, so I stream Mondays and Tuesdays at 2000 Pacific Standard Time on You Know Gaming, so Twitch TV slash You Know Gaming, with my uh, well, what he is to me is special. Um, so <laughs> my friend, you know, uh, we, we game. Um, I'm gonna start streaming on Thursdays and Fridays and maybe Saturdays. Okay. I might mix my stream on Saturdays with uh, the Carbon Tales because they do sip and search. So mm-hmm. I might just try to link up with them and stream it from my point of view. They're asking what's your um, time zone? What's your time zone? My time zone is specific. specific. Okay, the, gotcha. the, only, the only time zone. That's why I didn't <laughs> qualify. <laughs> um, so right. I, I'm thinking I'm I'm still messing with the times I'm going to start. I'll get more into that. Um, the the big stream that people might know me from is Yacht Club, which is on Wednesday evenings. We start at 1900 Pacific Standard Time and we go until 21 21 30 ish. Kind of depends who's on. We sometimes spill over late. Um, it is myself, Joran, Stim Citizen, and the ever lovely maiden Ariana. Mm-hmm. And we host that, and we we do kind of like this, where um, I guess Soul Citizen is a little more topic focused than we are. We we kind of portend to be a digital bar citizen, where we just kind of sit around and talk about the things that have happened over the last week in the mm-hmm. Star Citizen world. We're more prone to talk about things that have happened on the forums, and yeah, we yeah. keep it pretty light. Very cool, very cool. Well, we're happy that you're here. Give our love to the folks over there at Yacht Club. We were just there last week, so. You know, we appreciate you coming over and hanging out with us this week. You know, very cool. No problem. Very cool. All right, Fast Cart, you got any parting words, parting gifts? I am looking forward to Operation Fork. I'm looking forward to that. (laughs) Kicking butt in Pyro. Operation Fork. Operation Fork. Started here first. There you go. All right, gang, we are going to send you guys off. We're going to send you over to Yo-Yo Meg, who is one of the sole citizens. You all know Yo-Yo is just a sweetheart. Uh, she's out there gaming right now, so go over and support hey, hey, her. Uh, Salty Dog, thank you for that, for that follow. follow. We appreciate that. And guys, thank you guys so much. We're 52, oh, we're at 52 subscriptions. We're almost at our peak for this mm. month, so we're going to hit it probably. Thank you guys for all of the subs, all of the follows today. Thank you guys so much for all the wonderful chat. You guys were chatting away today. Uh, Dr. Murray, again, thank you. Appreciate you. FC, as always, my good friend, thank you for being here today. And uh, to all of you guys, thank you for helping us celebrate our 150th. And thank you, Salty Dog, for that prime. Thank you so much. Thank you guys for helping us celebrate our 150th episode. We look forward to seeing you guys real soon. Be patient. Take a deep breath. 318's coming. Until we see you guys next time, peace, love, soul. Take care. Have a great night. Ciao. Bye, everyone.